LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 40 years, God. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually, when you think about it. The more I keep hearing, I walk in today and there's an office full of balloons going 40. I thought they're obviously celebrating my birthday. And then I suddenly realised, no, it's not. It's LBC's 79, 8th of October. No, sorry, 74, 8th of October. Sorry, 79 is when I joined. <laughs> God, sorry? 73, was it? Oh, God, honestly. So we started badly already. It just goes to prove after about the first 15 years, you kind of lose track of where you are. But as Duncan said, you look, you look back at the photos which are on the LBC website and you start realising that's the only record that you've got of your life and how you've aged. Some photos were touched up. Some photos weren't touched up. Some were done by professional photographers. Ian Marshall took the one on the uh, on the bridge. I'm pretty certain it was Ian Marshall who did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty certain it was Ian Marshall. And, um, and then, when you look back at the clothes, that was the most horrendous thing about the, the whole looking back. Because it was, it was what you were wearing. You could see the fashion, couldn't you? Just. I can remember standing in Gough Square, and I had a little blue mini at the time, and... And I'd parked right by the front door, because at night time it was a lot easier. During the daytime it was impossible. And I'd parked by the front door. And I remember standing there holding my car keys, you know, in the days before remotes. You know, now I've never put a key in a door. I just push a, push a button and the door's open. And, this, and I was standing there thinking to myself, my dad always said to me, don't ever park over a drain because you'll drop your keys in it. And at that moment I dropped my keys into the drain. And as I looked... Into the drain, they sank underneath the mud, like that scene in Oliver, where Fagin drops all the jewels and they go to the top of the sludge and then they go under the... And my keys vanished under the water. And I went, oh, bother. You know, because that's the kind of person I was. And I panicked over it, thinking, I'll have to go home. I'll have to get, I'll have to get a taxi, go all the way home, pick up the spare keys, if indeed I've got any spare keys, and then come all the way back into town again. Oh. God, at the end of a night shift, that's the last thing you need. Anyway, as luck would have it, I had a briefcase in those days. How posh was I? Little posh kid with a briefcase. What was in it? I've got no idea. But the good news was, when I opened it, it was a spare set of keys for the car. So I was very happy. Put them in there, started up the car. You, know, you, you turned on the engine, then you pushed a, a button in the middle of the little console. This, honestly, was to pootle backwards and forwards. It was ever so funny. I don't think I... I can't remember, actually, where I parked it during the daytime. Probably didn't park it anywhere at all. Probably got a train in, I suppose. But uh, 40 years down the line, I can remember the day I walked into LBC. I can remember it vividly. I'd bleached my hair the day before and I'd taken the colour off too quickly and I've gone yellow. I looked like Bet Lynch out of Coronation Street. A friend of mine, I walked into the, uh, into the reception. He said, what in God's name have you done to your hair? I said, oh, I don't know. I said, do you think it'll work getting a job? Anyway, I did get a job. I came in. I came in for a job interview and I started work. Within, within two days, I was reading news on LBC, because I was a good newsreader. I think, actually, there is a piece of me reading the news on the LBC website. I'm pretty certain, pretty certain, that uh, those, those people who have been listening to LBC for any length of time will have saved little classic clips. I think the, um, the Danny LaRue piece is up there. <laughs> Danny LaRue. Oh, if we played it once, we played it 40 times. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the, the, the story was on the Danny LaRue piece, because you'll find it probably all over the internet. There's various people who have clipped it. And um, Sue Jameson was our arts correspondent. She's political correspondent down at Daybreak. 
but she was arts correspondent, and she goes down. They're doing Sunday opening in the theatres in the West End. They decided that they would open on a Sunday. So she goes down there, being the good reporter, to get uh, to get an interview and talk to people down there. And who actually turns up? Danny LaRue. And Sue Jameson goes, well, with me now is Danny LaRue. And she says to him, are you just muscling in on the publicity? Well, that was it. That was, that was, that was the beginning of the end of the interview. My dear, says Danny LaRue, my dear, I don't need the publicity. I'm a very big international star and you're impertinent. And then the, and the crowd behind him clapped. <laughs> Poor old Sue Jameson. I think she thought she was going to be stoned or something. And, uh, and it, it just got... And so she went, well, anyway, don't turn it off. I'm used to talking to amateurs, he said. Sue Jameson retorted with, well, you're not talking to one now. And uh, so it went on. You know, the public are... Oh, he was terrible. He was absolutely awful. But that was just one of those sort of classic days on LBC. One of those classic moments where, you know, we were able to play it out. I think Mike Dickin played it out about 20 times in the programme. He loved doing stuff like that. Poor old Mike, as, uh, as Duncan said, not with us now. Developed uh, a little, little bit of a drink problem. Actually, it was, quite, it was quite normal for people to drink on LBC because we were in Fleet Street and it was Fleet Street culture. That sounds ridiculous, but it was Fleet Street culture to drink. Most of the journalists who were working on the IRN desk writing the news bulletins used to sit there overnight with bottles of beer. Quite normal. Quite normal to sit there with bottles of beer. And I, I can remember certain people who were absolutely tiddled writing the bulletins. I used to love it, though. The funny thing is, I don't think you ever appreciate it at the time. Whereas, in fact, with hindsight, you should always appreciate it. I can, I can almost name chapter and verse. I can take you through the downstairs office when they converted the basement in Gough Square. Because it was, it was a dumping area for chairs and everything else. There was a spiral staircase that went down. And and then all of a sudden they opened that up as the new newsroom. And the old newsroom was curtained off and that then became new space. We had little studios. There were two on-air studios. There was one, two, three, four booths, as we called them, which just had uh, two microphones in and a tape machine and a little mixing desk. And you could take guests in there and record things. Always remember coming in there. I was doing I was doing night extra, as was called, and then went on to weekend night extra which, of course, was the quite clearly the weekend version of it. And I think it meant you worked, if I can remember correctly, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So Friday night into Saturday, Saturday night into Sunday, Sunday night into Monday. And you got what they called a production day, which paid exactly the same as the, uh, as the shift rate, except you were expected to come in and prepare the programme for the following day. But, in fact, there was nothing really to prepare. I pioneered on LBC, because what it was originally was a programme which was playing out the best of the day. You would come in, and because LBC was all tapes, it was all on tape, there was no, no computer, uh, you would come in and it would be a big, um, like a giant library, which had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and in it were tapes, which had these queue in there and everything else, and you would go there through, through the queues, and you would pick out the tapes you wanted to play in your overnight programme, and you'd say, this is Night Extra with Steve Allen on LBC, 11.52, uh, blah, blah, blah. And um, we didn't do phone-ins overnight. We had phone system, but nobody knew how to operate them because the only phone-in we did was the Nightline one and Brian Hayes's. So you would sit there and you would recycle the day. Earlier on today, Sue Jameson went down to London Zoo to talk to Chi-Chi the Panda or whatever it happened to be. And then you would play the tape in, which would last for about three minutes. And that would be it. And that, that was what the programme consisted of. It was literally a retrospect of what had happened the day before for those people like you who had been asleep 
because you'd uh, because you'd been out working, and so it was a completely different audience. I mean, the overnight audience in London is very much LBCs. It's always been LBCs. We've always grabbed both of it. You know, it, it didn't make any difference at all what else was going on in other radio stations with music or anything else. LBC always walked the overnight audience. And we used to have parties. We actually discovered, I think myself and David Burge, I think Ian Marshall as well, and uh, Mike Carson, who were producing me. And uh, Johnny produced me for a while. I had so many producers, different people who sort of came in. David Burge went off to Thames Television. Uh, Mike Carson does all the voiceovers for JML. When you listen to JML, that's always Mike Carson. He does lots of those kind of things. And uh, Ian Marshall went off to fly planes. And so he flies uh, private planes. And so we used to put this sort of programme together. And I got bored. To be honest with you, I really got bored playing this, you know, the day out. Who cares? I couldn't care less. And what I would do is I'd take three or four as a filler. And we would use them if I dried up which, as I've learnt with hindsight, is not really that possible for me. Uh, I can just I can keep going quite easily. And so what we thought we'd do, we'd actually get a set of papers in. And I sat down, and in 1979, I started reviewing the papers. I would literally pick up a copy of, you know, the Daily Star, the Mail, whatever it happened to be, and I would read it cover to cover, and we would go through. And I would be, I would be unkind about various people going, oh, this story's in the papers again, all this boring kind of stuff. And it, it, it acquired cult status, which sadly was not what they wanted. And the management called me in, and I remember Peter Thornton calling me in, who was our boss at the time, and he said, um, he said, listen, he said, it's, it's, I don't want this programme turning into a cult status, OK? You're there to replay the daytime. And I thought, it's boring. But I thought, well, they're actually paying the money, so you go along with it. That's what you learn in this business. If you don't do the job, well, then bugger off somewhere else. You know, there'll always be somebody willing to come and take your job. And so I said, OK, so I changed the programme radically change the program immediately so I, as opposed to going or going good morning it's weekend night extra with steve allen through the night on lbc and uh, in the papers i didn't i said uh, good morning sue jameson earlier on today went down and we changed it so dramatically they got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of complaints from people going what have you done what have you done what on earth were you thinking of to change this program back to something that is totally boring so the following week, I got called in by Peter Thornton again. Um, I've, I've had a think about it, and um, I think you better go back to doing what you were doing with the, with the newspapers. I went because I knew what had happened. Because in those days, we didn't have computers, didn't have mobile phones, so people could only contact you by writing. So I went, OK, fine, but I knew, because people had written to me saying that they were going to write to the managing director. And they did, and so they changed it back. Not for the first time. And the rest, as they say, is history. 40 years on, here we are. I don't know how I've managed that. I'm only 37. It's not possible, is it, really? Oh, look at Jonathan, look at your poppet. You need some sleep. You really need some sleep. Don't you, don't you wish you could take, like... I, was, I, I climbed into bed last night and I was thinking, because this morning they're going to film me for ITN. I, ITN are going to come in and they're going to film. And they've said, can they film Steve Allen? So, of course, you know, I tried desperately to lose weight overnight. Well, that hasn't worked at all. In fact, if anything, I just feel fat and bloated today. So I'm really depressed. I put on a dark shirt, hoping that when they film me, they're going to give me loads of makeup and I'm going to look attractive. But it's not going to happen, is it? Because, I, you know, I cannot lose three stone overnight. So I'm lying in bed last night and I'm thinking, and I'm, everything's racing through my mind of what I'm going to say about being on LBC. And the one word I came up with was grateful. 
I thought grateful was a very good word if you're working in radio today. And the reason I say that is because there's so many people, and I've seen them come, I've seen them go, believe you me, everybody thinks, I can do that. They all think it's an absolute piece of, you know, and they think that they, they can do it, and you just sit down and you can just waffle and make it interesting. And, of course, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. But... But they can't, so that's why I'm still here. I'm ever so sorry, but that's the way it goes. So, so they're going to film me today, so I'm, I'm going to just say, well, grateful is my key word, because I am grateful to still be working on a station that's been on air for 40 years, and I've done nearly 35 of them. I think it's amazing. Admittedly. <laughs> Thank God for the casting couch. But anyway, you know, it's the kind of thing that, you, you know, nobody ever bothered with me, I'm afraid, in that department. I was never considered attractive by anybody, man, woman or beast. So I just came in, did the job, went home. And every day, I have to be honest, I bounce out of bed. I do bounce out of bed. In fact, I bounced out of bed a bit too early last night, about midnight, because I wanted to make sure that this afternoon, because I've got two interviews to do today, we've got Lee John from Imagination coming in, and we've got Jude Law coming in, so I've got to do those. So in between doing the interview for ITN, and so I'll, I'll do those things. Then I can go home, then I can have a sleep, and then get myself, uh, get myself you know, um, dressed, and then come back into town again. Do two parties tonight, and then little sleep here in the building. There's no point in going all the way home. I'll never get home at that time in the morning. I've got two interviews to do tomorrow. James Corden and Sheila Hancock tomorrow. And then I can go home, and then I can sleep again. So for two days, I'm going to be putting myself out. But as I say, I'm grateful. I'm working. I earn a very nice salary. Thank you very much indeed. And... Uh, and I will be dead by the Saturday, so <laughs> so who cares? It's uh, 18 minutes. No, it's not. 17. So I can't even read the clock now. Who cares at this time of the morning? You're not rushing to catch a train, are you? Oh, you might be. 17 minutes past four. Oh, dear. Where would we be without a laugh, eh? Right here. Right here at this time of the morning. 20 minutes past four. It's nice to have your company. Welcome along as LBC celebrates. God, I tell you, we'll never get anywhere near the cake, will we? 40 years. How many can... That'll take the fire brigade to put that one out. I mean, none of this... <sighs> It won't work, will it? And you have to make a wish as well. So anyway, so where was I? Oh, yes. So anyway, so we start doing this, this overnight programme, and it takes off. It takes off in a, in a big, big way. It takes off in a, in a very big way, because nobody was doing anything like that on radio in London. And in those days, you couldn't really pick up LBC anywhere outside of London. We were a London-based radio station. Now, because of the internet and because of apps and things like you can pick it up. You know, it's, it's quite normal, as you know, for us to get texts and emails from all over the world and from, uh, from Manchesterford and places like St Albans and things like that. Well, we didn't in the early days. We just didn't. And we didn't do a phone-in. But what we did do one time, we decided to open up the phone lines. And we did it just, as, a, just an ex, as an experiment. Ian Marshall said to me, said, should we open up the phone lines? Because I used to follow, on a weekend, Jeremy Beadle. And Jeremy Beadle used to have his fans in the studio. So when I first joined LBC, I was, you know, I, I can read news, don't get me wrong, I'm very good at reading news, but not with 20 people sitting there staring at you. So you'd walk into the studio, which was like about the same size as this one in Gough Square, and there'd be people in the control room, out in the corridor, in reception, and he'd have them sitting in the studio. So I'd go into the studio and, you know, my hands would be shaking because these people, they're just, I don't know who these people are. They're just mentally undressing me. And I'm sitting, well, two of them were anyway. And, and I sat there and Jeremy would say, Steve Allen's going to read the news. You go, oh, dear. And you'd read it, and I could feel the quavering in my voice. But it was, it was a very good learning curve. It was a great learning curve. Jeremy really was the master of doing those kind of phone-ins. You know, he, he came back to LBC some years later. Didn't quite work the same way, but when he did it first time round, he was fantastic. 
He was absolutely fantastic. You couldn't touch the programme. It was, it, was, it was just a masterclass. Tommy Boyd did it. Adrian Love did it. Nobody did. Tommy was probably the nearest thing to, to Jeremy Beadle. But, but Beadle was the person on LBC who absolutely had command of the airwaves. He would get people. He, he used to do his uh, favourite thing, was talk to somebody online, but pretend he was another caller waiting to talk to Beadle. say, oh, have you spoken to him before? And the person would go, no, I've never spoken. He'd say, oh, I'm a bit nervous. He sounds a bit off tonight. And he would have this conversation, which we were listening to. Best thing he ever did, of course, was pretend he was doing the programme from a tube train. So we had a tape loop of a tube train with the doors opening and whistles and all the rest of it. And in the end, people were trying to catch up with him around London. So we clogged up Gough Square. We got into trouble with the police, actually, with all these cars. But he was he was just amazing. Brian Hayes was absolutely the master in the morning. Bob and Doug, I mean, it goes without saying, they got loads of Variety Club awards. Um, Brian Hayes' programme got the big celebrities and uh, did his political interviews and was good. But he would always start an argument in the office in the morning. So I would come and I'd say something to him. If I came in, and he'd, he'd start an argument. So if, if you said black, he'd say white. You say white, he'd say black. And that was, that was what wound him up for the programme. He had to get something going. You can't come in and do a programme dry if you do speech radio. So he was very good. Jill Pyra was uh, off in a world by herself. She was doing the afternoons. It was all terribly cultural and it was, it was wonderful. Uh, Max Miller, I seem to remember, was being there. And, uh, and we used to have this incredibly long nightline pro adrian loved it i think a nine hour program i think they were nine it was a nine hour pro it was a marathon whatever it was it seemed to go for an eternity how this poor small wonder the poor boy turned to drink but he did but we did it for ages and then as i say we decided to open up the phone lines and we thought we'll open up the phone lines and see if there's anybody out there well of course nobody was more surprised than us when we said this is the number to call three five three eight one double one or whatever it was and the phone line lit up the whole the, the little switchboard. We only had six lines, and it lit up. So we thought, oh, God, there's people out there. Because up until then, unless people write in letters, and they did start writing in letters to, to actually drum up business in the early days. I used to make letters up, because it was the only thing I could do. So I would invent names and addresses, and then people obviously got the, got the gist of, well, you know, let's, let's sort of write him a letter, and perhaps we will get mentioned. And so I used to get hundreds and hundreds of letters a week. I mean, it was, it was really... I mean, sometimes you'd end up with so many letters, you couldn't weave them all in. You'd have to sub them all down. So we thought, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's have a party. Let's have an LBC overnight party. So I hired a hall in Covent Garden, uh, which was the CAA, the Concert Artists Association, as was. Now it's the Club for Acts and Artists. And, oh, I like the glasses. <laughs> Are they reading? Are they reading? Are they really? Do I look bigger in those? Uh, <laughs> Does that mean you're short or long, as they say? You're short. Long. Really? I hadn't heard that. And so, so anyway, we have this... I'm off my own world today. And so we have, we have this party, and we invite people. We didn't know if anybody was going to turn up. So our very first party, we had nibbles and stuff like that. 200 people turned up to our first... They had to apply for a ticket, and we held it at the CAA. And, and it was interesting, because everybody had one thing in common. They all listened to LBC. They all listened overnight to LBC. You would only know about it if you listened overnight to LBC. So we got brave. And we hired, I think for the very last one we did, the Strand Palace Hotel, uh, which is coincidentally in the Strand. And we had their room downstairs. We had a DJ and 600 people turned up to it. 600 people turned up to it. All LBC listeners. And since then, as you know, Nick Ferrari's taken his... 
one-man show out on the road. He he pioneered it, and I then thought I'd I'd have a go as well. So we went out on the road, and we sold out fantastically quickly. I mean, fan- I think I think the quickest was the Queen's Theatre. I think we sold out in under two hours. In fact, I think it was about forty minutes. I think Jan said as soon as the box office opened, there was a queue of people. And it was it was just amazing. I can always remember walking on stage at the Queen's Theatre. We subsequently went out to Radlett. We did uh, Fairfield Halls in Croydon. We went out to Hayes in Middlesex, to the Beck. We went all over the place. And everywhere, it was a sellout. Every single place, it was a sellout. Such is the interest in LBC. We took, uh, we took uh, Anthony Davis out with us. We took James O'Brien out with us. And uh, then when we went to the Mermaid Theatre, I thought, Let, let's put some, some different people on. So we tried some different people out. And it worked really well. It was, I mean, it was really fantastic. Now I do uh, my shows at the Magic Circle. So we've got one coming up at Christmas on the 27th. Details on the Magic Circle website. So really, and also I remember doing another programme. I covered for somebody, another presenter, Cushion Talk. Cushion Talk was the upstairs newsroom of LBC where they put, <laughs> believe it or not, cushions on the desks. And people came in and sat down. So you do the first half of the programme downstairs. On a Sunday this was... And and then for the next hour, you'd rush upstairs, they'd give you a handheld mic, and you would have some topics of discussion. And you'd walk up and down and you'd canvas people's thoughts. It was like a, a TV debate, but it was on the radio. I mean, LBC was pioneering all sorts of stuff. You know, it really was, apart from covering all the, the major news events, because we had reporters. Um, you know, I mean, the whole thing was just, it was different. It was a, it was a hive of activity. I can remember Martin Frizzell, who went on to run GMTV and uh, married Fiona Phillips. Uh, him, I remember somebody saying to him, I was saying, you work for LBC, said, I work for IRN. He used to have a grey Mac on. I think he was terribly grand. Malcolm Brabant, who wrote a book, he had a breakdown. Uh, Kim Sabido, who was our saving grace during the Falklands War. And countless reporters, countless reporters, who I see on the television now, and, and I look at them and I think, I wonder if I'm going to see them tonight. <laughs> I'm going to bump into these people, whether they're, they're A, going to remember me, or B, even worse, well, I'll remember them. And if I do remember them, well, I know their name. Perhaps we should all be given name badges when we walk in so we can have sort of something over our lapel with, you know, Steve Allen or something like that. I'll remember most people, but uh, bearing in mind, some of the people from the early days of LBC, they must be in their 70s. They must be in their 70s. There'll be a lot of people on, on crutches, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, walking sticks. And uh, there's a lot, be a lot of incontinence pads doing the rounds. I'm looking forward to that bit. That'll be, Stop it. Not me. Not me. I'm coming up 40. Ridiculous people. Honestly, I don't know what they're talking about. Just, when I joined in 79, it was tiny, little fetus, little thing like that. Couldn't even, couldn't even reach the microphone. They used to put me on the desk so I could, so I could read the news into it. If only. But I, I, I said yesterday, I remember my very first salary, £8,900. Per show. Uh, no, if only. Per year. £8,900 a year. I thought I was grateful. I'd come from earning 400 quid a month, so you can imagine. I, pr- I doubled my salary. I was doing really, really well. It's gone up a little bit since then. Not, not, not much, but it's gone up a little bit. So I can afford chocolate money now. It's very exciting. Chocolate money today. A bit more. I can afford to buy a new phone. So what more do you need in life? Have we got health? No, we haven't. Anyway, it's LBC 97.3. The time now, 430 LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. I was just, I was, what is the matter with everybody today? Is people sitting there with fixed grins on their faces or something? Why are you all looking so happy? 
Should be very tired. I've just taken a picture because Mike says to me in Newcastle, how has the technology changed at the LBC studio? I'm in radio myself. I don't think it counts in prison, though, does it? He said, I wondered how the presenters adapted to the studio desk and moving from real to real cart plates and moving into digital technology. Well, I've just tweeted a picture of my studio just a second ago. And uh, so you can see exactly what I see every morning. And uh, to be honest with you, I've got the faintest idea how it works. Not a clue. Not a clue. I mean, I have no idea. I don't drive the desk. You'll notice in the picture that uh, you can see two of them sitting the other side of the glass. One doing something, one not. And um, and that they're sort of sitting there. And so I, that's what they look at. So I took this at 4.31. So it's at Steve Allen Show. And it just shows you roughly what the studio looks like. But I don't touch anything. I have no control. The only thing I can do is adjust headphone volume. That's it. I, I never, ever drove a desk at LBC. I never, they never wanted me anywhere near it. And I always thought I was protecting people's jobs because I thought if I learned to drive a desk... I remember a, a, produ- a, a presenter some years ago, I won't tell you who it was, but he asked the company for more money. And they said, the only way you're going to get more money is if you drive your own desk and we lose the, the, uh, the engineer. So he said, OK. So he learned how to drive it and they lost the engineer and he got his, got his salary. So I thought, don't ever learn to drive the desk. Plead ignorance. You know, it's like if your mum asks you to do washing up, drop a few plates and crystal glasses. They won't ever ask you again. It works a treat. I probably should kick the cat a few times and that's it. So around here, I don't touch a desk. I have no idea how any of it works. I don't know how phone box works. I can do emails, text messages and turn my headphones up and down and that's about as far as it goes. Anything more, I leave to the, the gifted, talented hands of the producer who has the gift of engineering in at least two of his fingers. Sadly, it doesn't extend to the whole hand, does it really? <laughs> If only you could see what was going on here this morning. If only it was broadcast on the uh, on the web, ladies and gentlemen. But thank God it wasn't. Last time we did, we got into trouble. It crashed. And the bosses went, we're not doing that ever again. Because so many people wanted to see what the programme looks like. And to be honest with you, between you, me and the gatepost, it's boring as hell. There's nothing... It's just some bloke sitting in a studio with a pair of headphones on his head chatting into a microphone. What's exciting about that? Nothing very exciting. But if you're listening in stereo, it's gorgeous, isn't it? It really is. Look, here's me on that side, and here's me on that side. Unbelievable. Stereo at this time of the morning. Who'd have thought it in London on LBC? So that's how the technology's changed. I could operate a reel-to-reel. I could do my own interviews, but I can't do anything like that at all now, I'm afraid. Absolutely nothing. Apparently there is a CD, says Howard, of you reading the news in the background with Peter Cook and Rainbow George listening to the Clive Bull Show. It's still available from Amazon. Is it? Peter always take Clive shows when he was phoning in. Did he really? Yes, I know all about Peter Cook. There's a CD of me... Re- Actually, I'm sure that on the LBC website there is a clip of me reading the news. Sounding quite butch, I thought. The six o'clock news, this is Steve... I don't know who I thought it was. No idea. Somebody always said to me, you know, what, what's the trick of, uh, of working in radio? I said, well, try and be yourself. But reading the news, it's a bit difficult because some people have got naturally very deep voices, which doesn't necessarily make for a great newsreader. Sometimes you listen to somebody's voice and you think, that'll be a good newsreader, but they can't read. You know, and if you can't sight read, there's no point in doing it. I discovered uh, the station, says Kate, is in North Lincolnshire. You poor soul, honestly, what a dump of a place that is. It's so cheap, isn't it, though, North Lincolnshire? Anyway, 2011 said, I wish I'd done so before. I recommend to my friends, especially your show, great way to start the day. Depends what you do for a living, doesn't it, really, I suppose? 20 to 5 in the morning. Can't be, can't be many people getting up for work, can it? Uh, and Siobhan says, last time I leant against a lamppost, I was in labour. I think I looked, I was much slimmer in those days. I was much, much slimmer. And uh, Simon, yes. OK, yes, is the answer to your question. OK, that's all I'll tell you. Yes, absolutely, completely. OK, just like that. 
Is that the right answer? Producer's going, yeah, that's the right answer. I say producer. We use the term very loosely, really. It's, it's only meant in fun. Uh, Scott Hendy says, uh, I've sent uh, previous airmails to you uh, for happy birthday. And I remember 40 years of LBC, we got radio bugs, stickers, badges, presenters. I've got at home LBC mugs, LBC clothes, LBC radios, LBC bugs... I was nicking left, right and centre. I can't tell you the stuff I half-inched at this place. When we were back in Gough Square, I tell you, the promotion's covered in my car. In my car. We had everything to give away. When we went out and do uh, presentations, we gave away little bugs, which was a little sticky thing, and it had a little tail on LBC. We've got little miniature radios with LBC logo on them. I've got loads of those. I've got loads of them. And what else have I got? Mugs. Not only have I got the LBC mugs... I've got the Steve Allen Bitches Back mugs. I've got Steve Allen On Tour mugs. I've got the LBC Milk Bottle. They're fairly rare. And I did have an LBC jacket, but I did give it away to a friend of mine who said, I love that jacket. They bought these jackets for us with LBC emblazoned on them. Unfortunately, mine made me sweat like a pig. They were so hot, they were like little sort of puffer jackets. Oh, they were terrible. They were terrible. So I gave mine away. But we had loads of T-shirts. Every time you went out to do a promotion... You'd go to the cupboard and, and they'd give you sweatshirts or T-shirts or everything else. But places don't tend to do that now. They just do it for, for, for special occasions. And so it, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, 84850, steve at I'll try and weave everything in this morning. It's, it's not easy to try and get everything in. Siobhan's mum listens, which is quite nice. And... Um, Oh, no, sorry, it isn't her mum, actually. Oh, no, she does love listening. She's in her 80s. I discovered one of our producers at LBC, her mum listens to my programme all the time, because I was talking about the showers the other day, and so this this lady said to her daughter, I hear you've got showers at LBC. I was just recommending them to Joe, and I was, you know, thinking, because I've got the sponge. And, uh, and I removed the lock <laughs> from the door. And so I said to him, you can use the showers, because they're all new. And he went, no, they smell. Well, I wasn't. I thought they were quite good. They were. They looked really good. It looked like a. Re- you could like strip skin with some of those showers down there. When was the last time you have you used it recently? Oh right. Perhaps I should take in some, some Jif lemon, whatever it is, and sort of go round the shower or something like that. Because it always looks quite smart and nice. It's great. Have you seen the other one? There's a toilet downstairs. It's hilarious. It's a long room. The toilet's down that end, but the door's over here somewhere. So if you forget to lock the door and you're on the loo, it's a nightmare because you can't put your foot by it because it just doesn't happen. So somebody could be in there washing their hands while you're in the loo at the other end. It's the biggest toilet I've ever seen. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Right, let's weave uh, some more of these in. Jay says, listening in uh, Queensland, do you remember a presenter called Nick Page? No. I don't. I can't think he was doing Nightline when I started. I'm trying to remember, actually. Who was doing Nightline when I started? Now, that I can't remember. Back in the 70s. I don't remember Nick Page. I do not remember the name Nick Page. But there again, I mean, I can't remember every single person. But I remembered most of them. Oh, I could tell you some stories, make your hair curl, about some of the things that went on. Some of the things were absolutely amazing. Kevin the Milkman says, I'm so glad to be listening this morning. My float broke down yesterday. 200 yards out the dairy. Back spring broke. And no, Nick Ferrari did not put his wallet on the loading deck, so I ended up running an hour late using the spare van with no radio. Eleven hours of my own company. Scary. He said, I'm loving hearing everybody's tales of LBC. I remember the LBC ads on the milk bottles when I worked for Unigate. But I didn't start listening regularly until the first Gulf War, about 1990. Uh, Adrian says, how do I get an LBC mug? You don't. You can't. We don't have them. Don't have them anymore, I'm afraid. We don't have them. Wilma says, I've only been listening for four years. 
the Steve Allen show was the first one that uh, that I heard. Arthur said, did your various illnesses affect your broadcasting time at LBC? No. No. Absolutely. I didn't know... Um, no, the only time I had time off was when I had my, uh, my stents done on my heart. That was the only time. And I just had, I think, three days. Three days. I did the programme the morning. I went from here to the hospital. I had the stents put in the following day. Then I had, I might have had two days off, actually. Two days off, and then I came back to work again. Because what's the point of sitting at home? You've had the stents put in. You can breathe again. You know, you've, you've got the colour back in your face. I don't want to look too pale. Not to look like Nicola Roberts from Girls Aloud. And, uh, well, I didn't have ginger ale anyway. It didn't make any difference, does it? I could have put a wig on, but I didn't, because I don't cross-dress. Only on a Friday. And uh, and then you called me Wilma. So, anyway, so, uh, so that was the only time. And I think I had some time off when my mum died. I think my mum died... Well, they were ever so cross when my mum died. They were really angry. And the reason they were angry is because we were in Hammersmith at the time, and my mum had uh, got secondary cancer. And... Uh, and it, it was terminal. And so she was in a hospice, so I was going backwards and forwards every day. I was doing a morning show on LBC, I think on Talkback. And so I'd finish work, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of do my show at 10 o'clock in the morning, then I'd shoot down to the hospice. Anyway, on this particular day, I'd go down there, and uh, the prognosis didn't look very good. So I came back up to London, going to work the next day, 9 o'clock in the morning, my brother phones, as I'm going on air at 10, and he says... She's just died. He'd phoned the hospital. It was, an, it, was an, it was one of those nightmare days where everything just collapsed like a pack of cards. And I didn't have enough petrol in the car. It was, oh, it was just a crap day all round. And so I said to my boss, bearing in mind, I go on air at 10, and I said, my mum's just died. I said, um, I've got to go down to the hospice. And he said to me, do you need to go? And I remember thinking, do you know, if I'd had the presence of mind, I'd have thrown him through the bloody window. <laughs> because at that moment, everything had collapsed on top of you. You know, you just felt that everything had gone. He, he was quite right. There was nothing you could have done, but you just felt you should have been there. It was as simple as that. And so I said, well, I'm going. And so they got somebody into cover. And, uh, and I think I took about a week off. But in the end, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. You sit at home twiddling your thumbs thinking, I really should be at work. I need to be at work to get it out of your system. Because if there's one thing you need, you know, when, you, when you're going through a period like that, you need to be around people. But nobody knows what to blooming well say to you. So you come back and they go, sorry. And you go, it's all right. Seriously, it's OK. It's OK. It's fine. And so we kind of get through that. But because we do speech programmes, you kind of share everything with people who listen. And because over the years you build up such a regular audience, you know, I got inundated with sympathy cards, and you know, which was nice. It was nice. But you do, you know, you just share things with people because I do that kind of programme. I can't help it. I'll just, you know, there's no point in sort of telling lies to people. Do you know, we've not even looked at the papers yet. I can't believe we've got this far into the programme. And I'm still rabbiting on about the early days of LBC, seeing as apparently we celebrate 40 years on this planet. And uh, there's going to be some things happening with Nick Ferrari later on. Clive Bull has done a programme later um, we've got a party later on. It'll be so funny to see people dressed up because not many people around here dress up. And uh, so we'll be seeing people in what their idea of smart casual is later on, which would be chinos or something like that. Would it be chinos? Producers threaten to have a shave. <laughs> As if. I don't think that's very likely, I'm afraid. <laughs> but it'll be fun, won't it? And then you've got to come into work and then I've got to go to another party. Then I've got to come back into work. I should be lying on the couch for a couple of hours. But uh, I think actually today, in the I'm pretty certain it's either today or tomorrow, Robbie Williams is coming in. We've got them all coming in. Jude Law, Corden is coming in tomorrow, and Robbie Williams. And I have a feeling that Robbie Williams could be in tomorrow. I have a feeling. 
and uh, Lee John from Imagination, Sheila Hancock's in tomorrow. It's such a busy few days. And we're trying to juggle studios at the moment because there's so many breakfast shows that want to record interviews with these people. I try and get in first. And the reason I get in first is because I always think I have to do a half an hour interview. And if you've got to do a half an hour interview, you don't only get it after they've done six because they, they get quite tired. And I did have a case once of a celebrity who decided to cancel me at the last minute because they were so tired. So now I say, listen, you know, is it possible, Charlie, we can sort of get them earlier on, which is much better? Because yesterday, who did we do yesterday? I'm trying to think who I did yesterday. Ben Kingsley. He was, ch- do you know, he's 70. Well, pff, he didn't look it. Seriously, he, he could easily pass. In fact, I thought I looked older than he did yesterday. But there again, I'm carrying a little bit of weight, only a little tiny bit. I'm trying to work myself. I don't, there's no easy way to lose weight, is there? I thought liposuction. And then I thought, I'm not sure, because I've seen the size of that thing that they jab in the side of your, uh, of, of your body. And I thought, I don't really want anything sucked out. Not, not just yet. You know, I think I'm a bit young to have things sucked out. I don't know, though. I'll think about it. Quarter to five. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. As LBC celebrates its 40th birthday, I'm here to tell you that we're sounding bigger and better. And, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a good... I, I quite like working in this building. I wasn't sure when we first moved in. Now it's been all revamped. I mean, it, it really is. It's, you've, you've no idea. If you've never seen it... You know, then you're, you're in for a tr- I know a lot of people have come down. They've had a chat to Courtney downstairs. Unfortunately, I wish we could give you all guided tours, but we can't. But the seven floors in this building, on one floor, there's 300 salesmen and women. It's vast. It goes from the front of Leicester Square to the back on Upper St Martin's Lane. And it's just huge. There's a canteen upstairs. Nice cooked breakfast on a Friday. Nice little sausages. Like a little sausage on a Friday. And uh, bacon and hash browns. And sometimes I have beans, if I'm thinking of pushing the boat out a little bit. £4.25, you know, and a piece of toast. And uh, what else we got on here? Oh, there's every radio station under the sun. We seem to own everything at the moment, which is quite nice. And uh, we're here, and I look out the back window at the Garrick Theatre, and I look through the glass at what can only be described as the Muppet Show. So uh, any more of your texts and emails? A lot of people ask you about the LBC mugs. Not available, I'm afraid. Um... Uh, somebody says, it's a pity you haven't done car stickers for the 40th anniversary. Well, to be honest with you, you can download stuff from the LBC website. You can download the uh, the pictures. LBC's coverage of Charles and Di's The Wedding. Yes, I did... Um, I think Tim Crook did Diana overnight. I did um, Prince Andrew's wedding to Sarah Ferguson. And uh, that was very exciting. We covered that for the whole country. For the whole um, network... Uh, radio for all the radio stations up and down the country. LBC made this program, which was live, and each presenter there was Steve Jones, me, Garth Crooks, Garth Crooks. It was a very odd one, Garth Crooks, but he was kind of hot at the time. And uh, Steve Jones got Sue Pollard as his companion, and I got Sybil from Faulty Towers, uh, which was great. And we were right opposite Westminster Abbey. Right opposite Westminster Abbey. So we were doing the coverage there. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, for me, standing down, you know, as a, as a, as a freewheeling presenter, I could sit there and waffle for the country. It didn't make any difference to me. Uh, somebody says, I've noticed on Wikipedia, they put your age down as a steep 59. I doubt this is correct and very misleading to your viewers. Should you wish to sue Wikipedia, please remember when you receive your out-of-court settlement. The trouble is anybody can change Wikipedia. I think I've been 27 on it before as well, which is which I quite like. 59, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous, honestly. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, another one here. Um, 
Which is, uh, somebody else saying, uh, what have happened to Babs of Bermondsey? I've got no idea. Um, uh, Rafe of Smithfield says, I remember coming to your LBC party. I was a hospital radio DJ and asked to do an interview, but never got a reply. I'm now in politics. Oh, God. Oh, local council. Nothing worse, is there? Nothing worse, I'm afraid. Um, do you remember Cushion Talk? Yes. Uh, actually, I'm looking forward to seeing Christo tonight. Really, I'm going to kick him in the shins. Uh, no, because he's, he's honestly becoming like a stalker for me. When he used to do the overnight programme that Duncan now does, it was a, he wouldn't leave the studio. Sometimes we had to we'd call the police in, you know, get him removed. He'd just hang around there. And he'd go, oh, I really want to be on your programme. And I'm thinking, I wish you'd go away, you annoying little Greek thing. He was very, he was very frustrating at times. He hasn't changed at the weekend. And uh, actually, I, I laugh. He's really a, a really close friend of mine. Not. Uh, no, seriously, no. Seriously, I, 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 I worship the quicksand he walks on. I really do. I think he's, uh, I think he's a marvellous person. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, uh, 40th Steve. Who knew he invented reviewing the papers? On LBC, absolutely. Nobody was doing it on LBC at all. Nobody was doing it. Uh, somebody says, I can't imagine you being dry. No, it is true. And Daz says, I'm sure I speak for all the LBC listeners when I say uh, thank all the people who work behind the scenes. Oh, don't build them up for God's sake. It's bad enough as it is. He says thank you for all the work you've done, whatever that is. They just sit there staring. The, I'm, I'm sure sometimes they switch off. It is like being in a psychiatric ward at times. There's, there's no movement whatsoever. Um, another one here, oh, Morel. She says... Uh, I think you were doing the uh, the overnight show in 2003. Suddenly the whole show changed and you announced the start of the Iraq war. It's amazing when you think, you know, whatever, you know, happened to some of those big events that we covered on LBC. I still remember the death of Diana. I still remember how LBC's complete programming changed. Literally every single programme was talking about Diana, the conspiracy theories. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It really was. It was the only thing, I think, apart from the Falklands War, that had that much of, a, of an impact. Really did. I was introduced to LBC 40 years ago by my nan, who had a picture of Steve Allen alongside the photos of the grandchildren. She says, she loved you, Steve, and history repeats itself as I love your show. She said, here's to the next 40. Don't be so ridiculous, man. You're never going to live to another 40. <laughs> it would be a nice thought. I remember saying that to somebody the other day. I was saying it to... Um, I think to James O'Brien, we're trying to work out how, how long we're going to live for. And I said, I don't think I'm going to go another 20 years. That's a, that's a fact, I'm afraid. Very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. But I tell you, some great memories, some fantastic memories. And, and when you look at how many, you know, people have passed through the portals, you know, lots of famous people, lots of celebrities have done programmes. My favourite was Michael Parkinson. Michael Parkinson uh, was was what they call free at the time. And so they signed him up to do the morning show on LBC, which was very exciting. He was doing the show from, I think, 10 till 1. And it was after the breakfast show. And they were all really excited. We've got Michael Parkinson joining us and all the rest of it. And on the day that they'd started the big campaign on the buses, Michael Parkinson, hear him on LBC. He goes on holiday for three weeks. He goes on holiday for three weeks. So we, did, we had somebody else covering it. We had Richard Littlejohn, who did, uh, did programmes on air. I don't think... I don't think there's there's that, you know. I mean, when I look at how many people we've got, Andrew Castle doing weekend breakfast. There's so many people who have who have done radio and LBC because it gives them the freedom to express themselves, develop a personality. If they don't have a personality, because it's completely different on radio, you're attracting an audience. You want people to listen to you. Gary says Christo said it's impossible for you to tuck your shirt in. Did he really? 
He's such a funny little fat Greek boy, isn't he? He really is, honestly. So every time I see him, I think to myself, you know, weed killer. Oh, well. You know, it's, uh, I just think Agatha Christie when I see him. You know, the body under the patio. Although I don't think we could ever dig it that deep to get Christo in there without some of the stones being slightly raised. No, honestly, I, seriously, I, I really do. I said to him the other day, I, I said uh, laughingly, uh, I said, you know, I could see you in something long and flowing. I said, the Thames springs to mind. <laughs> As you do. No, he's, he always makes me laugh. It's, it's so funny when I listen to him, you know, I feel there's a repeat of my show coming on with him. He, he pinches so many of my good lines because I've pinched them from other people as well. But he is right. I haven't tucked my shirt in for... Actually, we went past a club the other day. It was we parked down in Pall Mall next to this club. I can't tell you what the club is, but, it's, but we, we were checking on the criteria for getting in, because I thought, club on Pall Mall, perhaps I should join one, RAC or someone. Anyway, this, this particular one, one of the criteria was, men must be suitably attired in shirt and jacket, and the shirt must be tucked in. That was their criteria. You couldn't... And I thought, I don't want to, I don't want to look like a darts player. I do not want to tuck my shirt in. I'm, I'm happier with it out, because it hangs beautifully over my ever-burgeoning shelf over the toy shop. I mean, it's, it's just... It's, it's terrible. You can't do anything about it. I'm more comfortable with the shirt out than in. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Keith uh, says, I was frequently interviewed in LBC studios on campaigns I was running in the 80s. And uh, one Sunday after my interview, they brought in Oddbin's wine for a wine testing. Uh, yes, I... Um, we used to do wine tasting on LBC... I used to do a programme, <laughs> The Night is Young, which Duncan was talking about before, and we hit... I can't remember how we hit on the idea, but the, the, the premise was, if you were sitting at home on a, on a Saturday night and you were getting ready to go out, what would you like to listen to on the radio? Celebrities getting drunk. And that was, that was the whole basis. So what we would do, we would phone up a restaurant, and it wouldn't be just any old restaurant. It could be the Lanesborough, the Langham... Uh, it could be any really posh restaurant in town. We would say to them, listen, we do this one-hour programme. It was a, a three-hour programme, but your part of it is an hour. You come in, you provide food for three people and bring in wine and everything else, and we will plug the restaurant and the celebrity will enjoy food and have wine. And so we would have celebrities coming in. They couldn't believe it. We'd say, listen, you're coming in. Don't eat, please, beforehand. Don't eat beforehand uh, because there will be food supplied. And we had... Now, which restaurant was it? The Lanesborough came in. Big posh hotel. The Lanesborough come in. They bring their own ovens. They bring these ovens, which are cold to the touch. But when you put the pan on, it heats up. I've got no idea what they're called. Clever as a convector. I don't know. Anyway, they come in. They bring two of these ovens in. Three chefs. Two waitresses. And they cook food from start to finish. They do a dessert, they do a, they do a starter, a main course and a dessert, and there's wine that goes with every course. We were off our faces by the end of the programme. It was tremendous. Because when you're actually chatting to somebody and you're having a drink, you tend to forget you're doing a radio programme. But it worked. I used to get producers who worked for LBC saying, love the programme last week, Steve. You got, I mean, one, one particular guest who shall remain nameless had to be poured out of the studio. They literally had to be poured out. We couldn't actually sort of... We couldn't get them out. We couldn't shut them up. It was hilarious. It really was. And uh, so that was just uh, a few little uh, memories. I remember calling Jellybone, the Saturday morning kids' programme, as a nine-year-old telling a joke to the female presenter, which would have been Therese Birch. Therese Birch uh, used to do Jellybone. In fact, I, th- Jellybone, I think... 
I think uh, Beadle used to do it as well. I think Tommy Boyd did it. Clive Ball did Jellybone. Loads of people did Jellybone. Very, very good. Very, very good programme. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Ian says, my dad, Lewis the Meerkat, knocking on 70, gets up at 4am to listen to you. And uh, mum and dad says, Ian, are coming to your Christmas show. Well, that's what we like to hear. I should be giving them free chocolate money. That's the kind of person I am. More of your texts and emails as LBC celebrates 40 years. It's a long time, isn't it? It's a long time. Uh, Steve, uh, happy 40th birthday to you and everybody at LBC. Since our recent house move, our sleeve patterns have been disrupted. We tend to tune in for the start of the show. We particularly remember the scathing Brian Hayes. So congratulations to you and the rest of the crew. That's from Guinevere. So it's not, you go in. Oh, pop it. You're going to get some sleep. All right. Oh, right. You've got to start working. Oh, you poor soul, honestly. Oh, you know how half... Are you on tomorrow? Is he on tomorrow? Oh, lovely. And uh, we're, we're all going to be so tired tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning is going to be the tired morning for everybody. Two parties. Interviews to... T- <laughs> I mean, I went... Oh, I had a disaster yesterday. I bought a new pair of trousers for the party because I don't possess a pair of grey slacks. Okay, so I thought I'd wear some grey slacks. I've got a nice sporting jacket and a shirt not tucked in because I don't do tucking in. So I thought yesterday I'd better try and see if they fit. So I bought, knowing, I bought two inches up from what I would normally buy in jeans. Well, I could barely get them beyond my knees. I thought, I can't believe it. So I'll breathe in. Oh, it was awful. It was horrible. So I thought yesterday I'd better go out and buy another pair of trousers but go up another two inches. So I haven't actually tried them on yet, but I've gone up another two inches. But in trousers, it tends to be slightly bigger, doesn't it? That's what I keep reminding myself. So I'm either going to look a little bit pinched tonight or a little bit red in the face. Can't quite work out what it's going to be. Either way, it'll be very interesting. I'm, going to, I'm trying to look smart. I'm not, a, not the best-dressed person in the world, but at least I'm going to make an effort. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen. News at five with Rupert. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is where late night London comes to listen. Where have I pinched that from? Well, if it's a good line, pinch it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It was New Year's Eve, mid-80s. My mum was babysitting for a friend and I was bored. Says Rob, I wandered off into the kitchen and played with the radio, and there you were presenting the New Year's Eve show. I was hooked and have continued to listen to you ever since. I knew from that moment of first hearing you, I had to get into radio. Anything to get you off. Uh, I now work for a radio station in Guildford for 20 years, but it was you who got me into the radio bug. He sent me a clip, actually, of my uh, uh, the intro to Night Extra from the 80s. The programme wasn't that different in those days. Thank you. I can't play that in the studio, unfortunately. But thank you very much indeed for that. I shall try and catch it up. A little bit later on, nothing worse than listening back to things. I used to do the New Year's Eve programme on LBC for about, I think about ten years. Ten years, New Year's Eve on LBC with Steve Allen. And because we didn't do phone-ins, we only did phone-in on New Year's Eve. And it was a race as to who was going to be the first on-air in the new year. It was, uh, it was, it was quite something, quite something. And, um, oh, I know, a young Chris Lowry... Chris Lowry and I go back. Actually, I think out of all the people at LBC, there are three people who've been here the longest. Clive Bull, myself and Chris Lowry. And uh, he's actually, he's on his way in at the moment, bless it, because it's all all going off today. And uh, he says, can you mention 
the LBC documentary tonight. It's called LBC at 40. It's hosted by Clive Bull. It's at nine o'clock. I'm expecting you all to download it and listen to it. Because it will, it will bring you up to date. And you'll hear from some of the people who've been involved in LBC over the years. And it's, it's quite a history. I know it's, you know, it, it seems very strange when you look back and I look at all the people and I bump into them and what's the matter? Sorry, should we play a clip? Oh, right, you can play the clip, can you? Oh, right. Oh, dear, I'm not... Wait a minute, does it sound OK? So this is me from... All right, oh, right, so the producer's going to have a listen to that that clip and then if we decide that we're going to play it to you, I'll, I'll play it to you this morning. But it's a clip of me doing Night Extra from the 80s. The 1980s. <laughs> God, how worrying is that? Very worrying. Uh, Paul in Manchesterford says, I've just heard somebody asking about Babs. And he says, sadly, according to folk on various internet groups, she passed away a few years ago. I did see a copy of the announcement that was printed in the paper mentioning her involvement with the station. Lovely lady and very much missed. There used to be another lady called Dizzy. Dizzy used to write poetry. And in fact, I wrote uh, the eulogy for her funeral because she had a humanist funeral, and they wrote to me and said, can you write something about her, because she loved LBC. She used to stand outside LBC with, uh, with her, her little radio, her ear, and she was about 80. About 80. You've you got the clip of it. Why are you smiling? Does it sound really awful? Is it... OK, right. So here is, here is the clip. OK, I'm not sure really whether I, whether I should pay this uh, for you. From Rob. So this was Night Extra... From the 1980s. What, what year in the 1980s? I've got no idea. The producer tells me it's OK to... Li- is it long? Is it very long? About... about uh, how, how long? Half a minute. Oh, right. Quite long enough, as far as I'm concerned. OK, here it is. Cast your mind back. The year is the 1980s. Morning. It's five minutes past one. It's the Monday morning edition of Weekend Night Extra here on LBC. I'm Steve Allen. I'm with you until 4am. Good programme this morning. Very good programme indeed. Apart from the fact we'll be having, as always, quick look at the morning newspapers. Although I gather we did have a phone call the other morning from somebody saying, listen to the paper review and didn't cover all of the newspapers. Well, anybody who listens regularly will know that I get so embroiled in what the dailies have to say that very rarely do we move off either one or two newspapers. But this morning, we'll try and get through as many as possible. That's provided I don't get sidetracked along the way. I don't think anything's changed at all, actually. <laughs> right, I don't get sidetracked. Well, that was in the 1980s. Unbelievable. I still get sidetracked. Now, I'll start doing something and then most of you will write in and go, where, where were you going with that story? And I have no idea. I'm terribly sorry. I'll try and do my best. So thank you for that one. Some nice memories. Listening in Dubai this week, says Mark. He says, the weather is scorching already this morning at 7.50 and probably rise to furnace within the next hour. I saw the blingers, mongers, clingers and singers on Saturday night's X Factor. I've recorded Sunday, so I shall watch that Thursday. And he said, I remember the LBC reporters out at Diana's funeral along with the entire world's media. Yes. Me too. Me too, definitely. Oh, dear, I was... uh... Quite a day, that. Quite a day. And actually, talking of things that I watched, I did watch The X Factor. I was the first person to say, for God's sake, stop with the stupid crying. Bunch of crybabies on The X Factor. I'm sorry to tell you, you're going home. Hooray! Get rid of the naff singers. In fact, most of them are pretty naff. There's not, there's not, really, there's not, not many you could hold a light up to. Although I did watch the most awful programme on the television. I'm afraid I, I had to sit there, because I woke up early this morning, to Vegas, for The Only Way is Essex. Gemma Collins arrives with the only gay in the village, looking like a beach hut on tour, and telling us that she's so comfortable with the only gay in the village that she walks around naked in front of him. I was shouting at the television, it's that reason that he's gay. Uh, The rest of them, in the meanwhile, Lucy... 
Mecklenburg, a tart of the First Order, is having a go at Mario, who might or might not have been having a go at Lauren Poppy. Apparently he's a DJ and went out there to DJ at some really third-rate pool party. It didn't, didn't look like any of the major hotels I'm used to seeing. Uh, some of them had little pools and everything. All they are is just over-made-up old bimbos prancing around doing nothing. Nobody does anything. They're all wearing outfits. I mean, I should imagine the people of Vegas must have laughed like drains when they saw the setup. They wouldn't allow them to film on the floor of the casino because that's illegal. Because otherwise, if I, if I was a gambler out there and they started filming The Only Way is Essex, I'd have my lawyer onto them straight away. What do you mean you're filming me? So they had to do it in a private room where the boys dressed up in suits. Nobody wears suits. Nobody wears suits in Vegas. You sit there in a pair of shorts playing roulette. You don't wear suits. Only if you're, only if you're a numpty from outside and you don't know what's going on. Nobody dresses up like the girls. Ricky Raymond... Who, uh, who really is the biggest girl's blouse I've ever seen, is going out with Jessica, who parades her entire family. Nanny Pat, who looks like she's embalmed. Mum, who does the ironing in the kitchen. And father, who doesn't really say a great deal. And now we've got a cousin who's, uh, who's naffed over there as well, which is all a bit tedious. And so you've got Ricky Remick going to a Chippendale show with the only gay in the village. And he sits there and he quite clearly doesn't want to be there. Why he went, I've got no idea. Perhaps it's all part of the, the storylines. And in the end, he walks out because his girlfriend, Jessica, she, I mean, I don't know how old this girl is. I thought she was about 50. She looks older than the mother, which is a bit of a shame. And uh, so he walks out because one of the Chippendales gets her and uh, puts her on stage. And they do, you know, it's the Chippendales, for goodness sake. They don't strip. They don't show anything. You don't see anything with, with the Chippendales at all. It's all a little bit teased. But I do remember a great article in a paper years and years ago, when the Chippendales played over here, and the reporter went backstage and said there was more mascara and people backcombing their hair with hair dryers. He said it was quite gay. Quite gay. But, you know, ladies like looking at men with buff bodies. There you go. Take a good look. And, um, and so he then walks out and has a bit of a shouting match with her. And I thought, oh, ditch him. But then I thought, no, it's all pretend, isn't it? Because Lucy Mecklenburg's having a go with Mario. He's not going out with her. And she keeps saying to Lauren Poppy, you know, it's because I'm not with him anymore. And I thought, well, go away then, you silly little drip. And it turns out she was the one in the back of the car making out with somebody else there. Tom somebody. Tom Pierce or something. I don't know who it is. Uh, Joey Essex has managed to ditch the Kim Jong-il hairstyle, possibly one of the most ill-advised hairstyles in living memory, and has gone back to looking relatively normal, but still really not much cop. And have you noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but they've cut back his action on the screen. You hardly saw him. Arge hardly saw him on the screen. They were concentrating on the girls. They weren't really interested in the boys, leading me to think... A cull could be around the corner. Because if they don't do anything, I don't know where they get some of these clothes from, but obviously they were they shoved him in a hotel with all the, you know, the costume people and iron stuff. Uh, and all it is for the for his sisters is just another opportunity to parade their rather saggy old bodies up and down. But the worst one, I'm afraid, is Gemma Collins. It really is absolutely sad. You know, talk, she's over 30. You'd never believe it. She talks like a five-year-old. It's really embarrassing. The only gay in the village is just an embarrassment, I'm afraid, to gay people everywhere. And, uh, and the rest of them, there's Jasmine Wallier. Well, she seems to wake up in full makeup, which, of course, is very tacky, as we all know. Uh, has LBC 
always been 97.3. No, it's been uh, 261 metres medium wave, 1152 kilohertz, as we used to say, 97.3 as well. Uh, so we've been around the dial. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, I always listen to LBC. When living in London, says Valerie, more than 20 years ago. Uh, now, luckily, in the last two years ago, I listen from Italy. Uh, used to listen to loads of presenters. One that sticks in my mind, Michael Van Stratton. Well, he's very much with us. He'll probably be listening this morning, I should imagine. Lisa says you sound like Richard Madeley in that 80s clip. Well, I think that's a compliment, actually. I thought it sounded like me, which, which, wasn't, which wasn't bad at all. Uh, 84850. Steve at LBC. .co.uk. I'm trying to find as many of these to, uh, to get in. My mum used to listen to LBC in the 70s and all through to when she sadly passed away in 2011. She used to leave the radio on for the cats when she went to work. Now, I always listen to LBC, especially you, Steve. Thank you. And uh, Chris <laughs> Fufas, bless his heart, he's, he's, he's still alive. And he's, uh, he sent me in a, a text... Hoping I'd had a word with the local funeral director, see if we can get him embalmed for tonight, a bit like Jeremy Bentham. And he said, uh, didn't you cover the Queen Mother's wedding? <laughs> uh, honestly, if, if he didn't have so many handicaps, I'd, I'd be upset. But, uh, you know, God played a cruel joke on him, so I've decided there's no point in me taking it any further. Uh, working in a, in a gym, says Phyllis, in Seoul, in South Korea. I travel a lot with my husband, business. We got him tuned into the show whilst he was working in Madrid, she says, I also listen when we're home in Glasgow. All the best for the LBC party. Parties. I could drink two. How on earth have I got the uh, the energy? I've only been listening for 30 years, says Paul in Manchesterford. He said, and first heard of you when I used to come down to our company's head office at Park Royal. I realise now you were only 12 and, uh, and have to compliment you on how mature you sounded. As time went on, I spent less time at head office and more time in the hotel listening to all of you. Here, Oop North, we were and still are starved of entertainment, and I always returned to Manchesterford, hoping I'd be able to listen on a regular basis. All those years down the line, and thanks to Tinterweb, I can also, thanks to you and LBC, our friends all over the country and indeed the world, even Richmond and Twickenham. Here's to the next 40. So that's Paul, Bill and family in Manchesterford. See you in Desombra. Thank you very much indeed. Absolutely. Uh, Gemma Collins put her belt on with a boomerang. I tell you what, she's wearing this jewellery at the moment. I mean, talk about emphasising the fact you're vastly overweight, clinically obese. I mean, really dreadful jewellery and just so dreary. So dreary. And um, one here, uh, 84850, steve at uk. Another one here. It says, I've listened to LBC for many a year when I have trouble sleeping. I discovered you quite by accident. But if I sleep past four, it saves me buying a newspaper. Have fun. Gordon in Bournemouth. What happened to Mike Allen? Uh, he's not very well at the moment. He's not very well, but he's uh, very much with us. Jim in Fulham. I came to LBC in 78. Uh, I used to come to Gough Square and meet the presenters going in and out of the building. Monty Modlin came to our school and did a piece on road safety. I attended one of the parties at the Strand Palace Hotel with my then-girlfriend and quelt felt quite starstruck. My highlight of the week was Jeremy Beadle and his number games and staying up late listening to you, followed by Clive Bull. I used to collect the LBC presenters' pictures. My favourite is the captain in his leather gear. Yes, he was Beadle's producer and he went on to produce Clive. He's sadly not with us. He died some years ago. He, um... He enjoyed a few bevvies, let's put it that way. In fact, he enjoyed 
quite a few bevies. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning after the news at seven on the on the day that LBC turns 40. Happy birthday to us. Nick will be joined in the studio by former LBC presenter and now face of Channel 4 News, John Snow. Watch out for a, a very special news bulletin from an LBC legend. Plus, is it right that the Scouts have removed God from their promise? And Carol Vorderman joins Nick to spill all about the pride of Britain awards. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. Don't forget, special LBC programme this evening at nine o'clock. Clive Bull presents LBC 40 years, LBC at 40. LBC at 40, 9 o'clock tonight, with uh, interviews and features. And if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, sadly there are pictures of me over the years. I wish there wasn't, but sadly there is. Because being the oldest presenter, and I mean that in the nicest possible way, the longest, uh, I've had quite a number of pictures. It did make me laugh, actually, because in the early days, people would listen to you on the radio and they had no idea what you looked like because we didn't have the internet there was, no, there was no internet, there was no picture. The only way you got a picture of an LBC presenter is if you wrote in and we would sign a picture. And they used to order five... Sorry, they used to order a thousand of each presenter's pictures, except mine, which, without blowing my own trumpet, I think people use them as dartboards, I used to get 5,000 printed of mine and I would get rid of all of them. Whereas poor old Lawrence Spicer, who was our religious affairs correspondent for many years... Nobody ever requested any of his pictures at all. So you go to the, the presenter picture cupboard, and they, no, we don't have it anymore, just in case you were thinking of writing in, and you'd see all these presenters' pictures, you'd go, oh, no, oh dear, nobody's picked theirs. And you get mine, there'd be nothing there. They'd have to sort of keep reordering them because people couldn't quite believe that somebody could look that bad and sound that good uh, without blowing your own trumpet. But now you can download the picture from the, from the LBC website. But it's interesting looking at the ones that Adrian's put together out of all the... Uh, the pictures. I know that Dawn's got loads of pictures. Some people, some people saved everything from LBC over the years, and so you should. We're the commer- first commercial radio station on air in the country. You'll probably find people have, have done it for other radio stations, but the LBC audience turned out to be particularly loyal, particularly hardcore, you know, very, very vocal, very vociferous over things, not, not sort of liking a lot of changes, you know, sometimes when people left or people moved on to other places, you know, people write it saying, I'm never going to listen ever again next week. Hello, they're back again. So it's, it's always been, it's always been like that, actually. Um, another one here. I remember you once doing the New Year show with a co-presenter whose speech and giggling suggested they'd already welcomed the New Year with a gin or six. By 4am, they sounded that, uh, like they were falling asleep. And uh, will we be hearing other familiar voices throughout the day? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they've planned. I don't know what they've planned. You'll have to, you'll have to stay tuned, I'm afraid, Nelson. He says, don't you think Marcus Churchill sounds like Nigel Farage? I could tell you a funny story about Marcus Churchill, but I have to save it for an adult time of day because it's uh, certainly not early morning, I'm afraid. Certainly not. Um, one here. Whatever happened to Jerry Dowden, says Chet. And his farming sketch. I don't know. You'd need to check with Clive Bull on that. I don't know if he's still... I don't know if Jerry Down's still with us. He used to do those. I can remember the, uh, the psychic that Clive used to have on. He used to listen to your voice vibrations. He was very... He was uncanny. He'd actually say to somebody, Oh, hello. And um, they go, hi. He said, what about those green curtains? And they go, oh. And Clive would say, do you have any green curtains? He'd, yes. And it's also, he was, he was very good. He was very good. Um, 
I've been listening to LBC since more or less the beginning. Spoke to you in 85, says Chetham. When you used to do the phone-in news competition, people called in, chose a number and we asked a news question. Three questions to win a prize. I chose three numbers at random and they all turned out to be a bid for the lotto. I won an LBC t-shirt and a mug. Those were the days, weren't they? I remember sitting there putting prizes in jiffy bags. DVDs or CDs or something like that. Oh, we've had some good stuff over the years to give away. My God, we've had some good stuff over the years to give away. Really, really nice, nice presents. Really nice. Uh, Lynn says, have a uh, very happy day and behave at the parties. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to have to behave at the parties. I've got to work tomorrow morning. I mean, I, I might wander off with the Pixies tomorrow morning. There might be a point in the programme where I just sort of lose the will to live. I'm going to see how I go. I'm going to try and pace it well tonight. I'm not going to drink any alcohol because once you've had one, that's it. You know, it's, so I'm going to I'm going to try and stick to water all the way through. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to, I'm going to certainly. Well, I'm going, of course it's easy. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it because otherwise, by tomorrow morning, you don't want to listen to somebody slurring their way through the programme. And then I've got two interviews: James Corden. And Sheila Hancock tomorrow, so I can't afford to start falling asleep on the blooming thing. Uh, Mitchell in Battersea says, uh, listening to LBC around a year ago, couldn't sleep, discovered Steve Allen, which kept me awake even more. Love listening to Duncan and Christo. Oh, Christo will be thrilled. He'll be very thrilled. He's probably still up now, actually. Probably desperately trying to squeeze himself into that little suit that he's had for the past 15 years. It won't happen. Isn't it? There's no way, even with a gastric band fitted, he's not going to get into that suit. He's still going to look like Georgie Porgy Pudding and Pie. Uh, also remember the first overnight show with Adrian Love when a girl phoned in from a phone box threatening to commit suicide. He spent two hours talking her out of it. Uh, Nigel's in Ealing Broadway. He sounded stone cold sober at the time. He was. He didn't start drinking till after that. He would, um, I mean, when I say he started drinking, he, um, he, he could drink six double vodkas before the show. Easy. Easy peasy. But there was always booze floating around in the building. It was Fleet Street, for goodness sake. You could drink 24 hours a day in Fleet Street. So that's, that's why. I can remember a rather controversial phone-in with a sex therapist. It was very... The producer got fired for that. The producer got fired after that programme. It was... It was uh, I can't even tell you what, what the subject was, apart from the fact it was sex. But the, uh, no, the producer lost their, their job, I'm afraid. <laughs> It was uh, it was all a little bit... I wasn't listening that particular night. I only knew about it when I got in. And, you know, there's always gossip on every radio station. And people say, did you hear so-and-so last night? No, here's the clip. Have a listen to it. And uh, listen to it. Oh, my God. That that definitely was uh, was actionable, I'm afraid. Uh, Janice says, started a new job. Early start. Managed to listen to all the show. Keeps me laughing all the way into work, which is good. We like that. And uh, Debbie from Upper Norwood said, it's my 49th today. Always great to in the mornings before I go to work. Uh, somebody else says, I've been listening for years. This is Sophie. Only gap being in the 90s when I went up to university. But even when I was there, I started a Save LBC poster campaign when you split into two stations. Used to love listening to everyone, including uh, the late, great Mike Dickin. Happy birthday, she says. Kate says, I'm not generally aware of rouge, but since this is your 40th anniversary, I may just wear a little bit of ruby red today. Uh, 84850, uk. Claire went on maternity leave. She found LBC in, uh, I think it was April 77. I have listened most days since, since the good and bad times of my life. Well, that's what gets people through, isn't it? That's what gets people through, you know, the good times and the bad times. LBC.co.uk. Darren from Pinewood Studio says, I really, really want an LBC mug. Sadly, 
Sadly, you can't, because we don't have have any at all. I have them, and uh, I'm not letting go of them at all. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More of your text and emails in a moment. Time now, 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. While the producer went. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Maria says, happy 40th birthday, LBC. I started listening to your overnight show quite by accident. I thought it would help me sleep. How wrong I was. I've also been to your show at the Fairfield Halls. Good. Good. Uh, Babs from Bermondsey says, Sophie was a legend. Didn't Peter Cook used to ring up? Yep, Clive Bull used to ring up. Clive Bull. Uh, I started listening to LBC at the tender age, says Ramesh. Uh, of 18, I recall listening to Douglas Moffat. Little did I know that some 35 years later, our paths would cross and I would appoint him as a non-exec director of my media company. We specialised in the financial side. Yes, Douglas Moffat. I was always, I was terribly impressed by Douglas Moffat. He was our f- financial editor. And what he looks like now, I've got no idea. But he could type without looking at the keyboard. He literally, because we had typewriters, we didn't have computers, ta, 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 like that. And he'd carry on a conversation. I'm thinking, this is so clever. This is so clever. Yes, Douglas, uh, Douglas featured in one of my breakdowns on air. When I say breakdowns, when my corpsings, I'm afraid. Not, not something I'm particularly proud of, but it still, still makes me laugh. Uh, great memory when LBC Talkback was closing with Mike Dickin. You had Britt Eklund as a guest. And uh, she had to leave early. Oh, I hated her being on. I hated it. It was my last show on LBC. They'd, um, we'd been taken over by another company and they'd got rid of all of the presenters. Uh, well, 24 of us anyway, because they wanted to restaff. As it turned out, they didn't get finance and it, it, all, it all went a bit pear-shaped. But for my last programme, the producer said, I've, I've got you some guests. And we had Scylla Black who had recorded a special message. They'd been down there and got her and loads of other people had phoned up and dropped in. And it was it was all very emotionally charged. And then they decided to bring in Britt Eklund, who, of course, didn't have the faintest idea, really, what was going on, and, and took over the programme. And it was, it was awful. We had to get her out of the studio. <laughs> Never forgotten it. Never forgotten it in a million years. <laughs> I can remember Mike, Mike Dickin saying, uh, I had a guest sitting outside the studio. I won't tell you who it was, but uh, Mike Dickin came in. I said, we've got so-and-so, so-and-so coming in. He said, oh, that old has-been. And the person was sitting outside the studio and heard it. Oh, it was dreadful. I think he'd had a drink, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Let's uh, weave in some more of these here. And Johnny from Staines, he says, now that LBC is 40, are you finally going to reveal your age? 39. 39, all right. I don't know why people make such a big deal about it. Goodness sake, honestly. It's my cake. My cake. I discovered your early breakfast whilst locuming in Epsom five years ago, now back in Cape Town. You're essential listening to the start of the day in this part of the world, says Dr. Denise. Oh, Denise. Oh, doesn't matter. There's probably a joke there somewhere, isn't there, I should imagine. But uh, I don't care where, where people are listening. I just like... People listening to the programme and by the latest audience figures, you are listening in your droves. I didn't catch four in a bed yesterday, Paul in Manchesterford. I only ask, he says, because one of the couples aren't exactly what they seem. The youngest couple featured, in fact, own two highly successful hotels. The first of them, the artist residence in Brighton, is actually featured in two editions of the Hotel Inspector. And if it wasn't for the intervention of Alex Pulizzi, 
wouldn't even be trading. I can't believe that nobody has twigged, and surely it's given them an unfair advantage. The obligatory gay couple who do cabaret in Blackpool also featured, and I can imagine handbags at dawn if the others are unmasked. Looking forward to the 8 o'clock news. Yes, you should look forward this morning to the 8 o'clock news. That's all I will tell you. Look forward to the 8 o'clock news. Uh, Janet says, I can remember coming to uh, De Goff Square and spending hours there with my dad. He used to work on security. He used to greet everybody, Bob. His favourite was Jeremy Beadley. said he was a lovely bloke. Oh, Bob. God, I remember Bob. Oh, dear. Yes, very much so. Very much so. I remember all the people who worked on the door. Peter, I remember as well. He used to bring Mr Kipling cakes in. He'd sit there. Just, he used to look like Mr Pastry. Really did. Funny days. Funny days. Uh, as you know, says Richard, I've listened to LBC since day one when I started at secondary school. Sorry. Anyway, through the years, I enjoyed listening to two presenters in particular, as well as yourself, of course. They were Therese Birch and Gerard Sauer. Therese had a very soothing voice, and I wonder what happened to her after LBC. Well, she, um, she went on to do all sorts of things. She still rides horses, I think. And, um, and I believe she's going out, actually, with somebody who we used to work with together years and years ago. I think so. She had a, uh, there was a, one of her, her husband actually became seriously ill. I think he had motor neurons disease or something like that. Either way, no, I saw it only a short while ago. She doesn't look any different. She doesn't look any different. She looks as wonderful now as she, as she did then. Gerard Sauer, of course, was the man who came onto LBC and offered advice on motoring. He, you could say to him, I've got, um... A 1963 uh, Datsun Sunny, and it's making a slight... And he would say, ah, this was a problem that occurred back... He knew everything about every car. He didn't need to look at a book. He could tell you exactly what the problem was. And he would say, listen, when you go into the garage, ask them to check the manifold or whatever. He'd tell you exactly what to ask them. He was absolutely perfect. He had his own garage up in Luton. And uh, he was a victim of his own success, but he knew everything about cars. We had, oh, God, we had LBC's experts. Saturday morning was the fix-it phone, I think it was fix-it phone in a Saturday morning, where the experts came on. We had Roger Bisbee, who did DIY. So people would phone up and they'd say, I've got this boiler and it's not pumping around. He'd say, right, what you need to do is get this part, that part. In fact, Roger actually put in a central heating system for me many, many years ago. He came round. He was very, very good. They used to use him on the television when they did some of these hidden camera programmes. Uh, Christine Walkden, as you know, was the compost queen. She used to, we had lots and lots of gardeners. Matthew Biggs, of course. Loads of people on QVC. Loads. In fact, practically all the gardeners on QVC were LBC's gardeners. We did gardening on the radio. Christine Walkden. Hello. She, she'd rock it through calls like there was no tomorrow. But Gerard Sauer, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Lots of DIY people. And, uh, of course, Michael Van Stratton. We had loads of people. All hosted by, by Therese Birch. Richard says, enjoy yourself tonight, keep, keep your trousers on. Uh, yes, I'm hoping to, uh, to keep the trousers on tonight. I'm certainly not drinking. Definitely can't afford to be doing the drinking stuff. I don't, I don't really fancy it, actually. I just, want to, I just wanted to uh, sort of get myself through two shows. And uh, Brian says, Nick Appert mentioned the presenter's photos on the website and then pressed the screen button. Cheeky devil. I think I might erase all of his sound effects, actually, just to, just to really upset him. The LBC photos are on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. You must, uh, you must go and check them out, because there's lots of people on there. Steve Tung, names are Jeff Stelling. 
There's an early picture of Nick Ferrari. Very young, very young. And loads of other people. And you must be listening to LBC for the breakfast show this morning. I mean, I'm not saying that you'll, you'll ever move away from the station, but it's particularly apropos this morning at eight. Particularly apropos. Um, been listening to LBC since the Falklands, as you were relaying the best info. Didn't have a mobile then, says Maxine. I bet you rue the day. I did the amount I text you. You are fabulous. Happy birthday, LBC. LBC. Uh, I haven't watched Sexbox. I'm not remotely interested in watching anything like that. Thank you very much indeed on my television. It's bad enough as it is. Uh, you make my mornings bearable, Steve, and I start the day with a smile. I've listened for five years. Thank you. And uh, somebody else says, I've been listening for 20 years to LBC 97.3. So uh, many happy returns of the day. Thank you very much indeed. I like it when people sort of wish us a happy birthday. It's not very often you can you can have happy birthday. Listening in uh, Perth in Western Australia, 12.35pm. So just about Betty Buys time. Here in London, it's 20 to 6. We will do the paper. I haven't even got round to the papers yet this morning. It's only because there's so many things to get round to. Don't forget the Clive Bull programme this evening. Uh, Prince William had a bit of a kick around in the grounds of Buckingham Palace. I can't help feeling it's not really the sort of thing we want to see a future king, I'm afraid, doing kicking a ball around. It's a, it's slightly naff. Um, there's also... Have you seen there's this new coin? There's a new £20 coin. I stupidly said to a friend of mine, he said, have you ordered this £20 coin yet? And I said, no. I said, how much is it? He said, it's £20. I said, oh, right, OK. He said, it's legal tender. So I wonder if people are actually going to sort of uh, be using it. Bit of a strange thing. Um, another one here. More cutbacks at EastEnders. Courtesy cars axed, even for major stars. Many are now advised to take the tube or bus to the studios. Hard times, I'm afraid. Paris Hilton. Good God, she's not still doing the rounds, is she? Couldn't believe it. And Zac Efron has told a source he's glad his drug addiction story is broken. As I'm a normal person who makes a mistake, he says, now I've moved on and I'm far, far happier. Oh, if only the rest of it. If only the rest of the people who take drugs could be as honest. Prince Harry greeting uh, actress Denise Van Outen at a fundraising dinner in Dubai. They were all out yesterday for the, uh, for the Mirror Award. Some people, you, you begin to wonder why they were there. Uh, interesting to note that the cops on the Madeleine McCann case have backtracked. Well, from what the Mirror were telling everybody yesterday, they're saying, we're not on the verge of making an arrest. Well, absolutely not. We've got, you know, evidence and we, we need to sift through things, but we're certainly not on the verge of making an arrest. Uh, who, was, uh, who was wearing what yesterday in Salute for Heroes? Nicole Scherzinger. She must bless the day she came over here and had an affair with a Brit. Because let's face it, she's dead in the water in America. Over here, she's on the television. She's doing adverts, doing all sorts of things. The Loose Women were there. Sally Lindsay, Shobna Gulati, Sherry Houston and Andrea McLean. Mr and Mrs Redknapp. That's, uh, that's Louise Redknapp as was. And little Peter Andre was there with his, uh, with his very young girlfriend. And uh, Philip Schofield and his wife Stephanie. The trouble is, she looks like his mother. With all due respect to Stephanie. You know, he just looks so young. Sickening, really. Uh, Michael McIntyre with his wife Kitty. Uh, the Millibands were there. Carol Vorderman, who's taken along her current squeeze. He's an airline pilot, apparently. Uh, also turning up, Susanna Reid. I don't know, I think she started believing the publicity. I think she started believing that we're, that we're interested in her. Sarah Harding was there. For what reason, I've got no idea. I'm sorry, dear. Backless dress and a tattoo. Very cheap and tacky. But there again, that's you, isn't it? Uh, Pixie Lott, Michelle Collins. Ashley Roberts. Still over here, dear. Still trying to forge a career. Kimberly Walsh. Alexandra Burke, looking very good. Amanda Holden. And uh, Brooke Vincent. And that was just some of them. 
It went on with Una Healy and uh, Andy Burnham was there. Some very odd choices, I'm afraid. Uh, Mary Berry, of course, and James Corden with John Bishop. I can't get used to John Bishop's accent, but uh, James Corden, he's settled down a bit, hasn't he, now? Have you noticed James Corden? He's definitely settled down a bit, but pages and pages of, uh, of award ceremony yesterday and all the people who, who handed out the awards. Uh, James Corden did his to a lollipop lady. Karen Williams, we're like lollipop ladies and men. I know you're out there somewhere. Uh, they had Teenager of Courage and some poor little soul called Harley ended up with Louis Walsh. She wasn't looking at him at all, but uh, he was there. I think with Nicole Scherzinger, he's probably thinking, I don't know who you are, love. Louis Walsh, you might recognise. And uh, there's all sorts of people, you know, people for, for bravery, uh, people who do it for children, lifesavers, making dreams a reality. Really quite inspiring, and Nick will be talking about that on the programme this morning. Apparently it's going to be a, a winter this year of blackouts. Blum, well, I hope not. When we're halfway through blow-drying the air and all of a sudden the power goes off, I'm going to look a bit silly, aren't I? I have to go round reset. You must remember, of course, though, that if we do get power cuts in the winter, the one thing you mustn't do, open your fridge. You've got to leave it all shut up so that it, it, uh, it keeps it going. I hope it doesn't happen, actually. Um, I love listening to Mike Allen, especially when, like you, somebody would say, how are you, and Mike would come back with, my health is not in question. Are you sure that was Mike? Was that not um, Mike Dickin? I think it was Mike Dickin who said that. Or felling that, because Clive used to, somebody used to say to Clive, how are you, and he'd go, Thursday. And they'd go, pardon? He'd go, yes. And of course, pe- people, they're not sure what they've heard. <laughs> not sure what they've heard. Always makes me laugh, actually. And apparently there's going to be a shortage of chocolate this year. So he said, by the time we get to Christmas, you're going to be paying a little bit extra for chocolate. I've got no idea why. Here's Michelle Keegan wearing a, a onesie. Uh, ridiculous, actually. That's the kind of thing you wear up in Manchester, dear. For God's sake, don't wear it down in London. They'll be, they'll be throwing eggs and rotten things at you. Don't walk around in a onesie. It was bad enough watching The Only Way is Vegas with the only gay in the village walking off a plane with a onesie on. Really stupid. Really, really dumb and stupid. And so unattractive. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Very interesting, actually. I mentioned earlier on the lovely Sue Jameson, whose son I used to show magic tricks to. He must be grown up, married by now. Anyway, Sue has just sent me a, a text saying, you're making me feel very nostalgic this morning. Happy days, eh, Sue? Happy days. My God, if those walls could talk in Gough Square, if it was even, if the building was even there anymore. Very funny. She's, she's going to be there tonight, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to that. But it was, it was her son I used to show magic tricks to. Bet you can't remember that, can you? Bet you can't remember that. But anyway, she's now on te- She's been on television for ages. On television for ages. But she was, used to do a programme called Arts Week on LBC, which was, I think it was an hour how, how time plays tricks with us, Sue. How time plays tricks with us. An hour, but uh, happy memories. Happy memories indeed. I'm, I'm, I know that every tonight is going to be very, very nostalgic about things. What, what's going to be interesting, Sue, is seeing all the people who, some of them must be in their late 60s and early 70s, <laughs> and we're going to be going, I'm sure I recognise that face somewhere. I think Vince McGarry is still around. Some, some people, honestly, I'll tell you, I'm quite looking forward to seeing them. I mean, all sorts of people that could be there. There's, apparently, there's this party of all these old LBC people. I mean that in the nicest possible way. And there's about 350 of them. And there's 350 at this other party. I'm going to be exhausted going, hello, hello, hello. Oh, my God, hello. 
<laughs> I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it already. Uh, I found Pete Murray and Nightline in the 80s, says Steve, and I've been hooked ever since. Loved Clive Through the Night, Murder After Midnight, Dr. Martin Fido. Enjoyed Robbie Vincent in the early 90s and Mike Allen at the weekend. And his dating slot was strangely interesting. Now, can't get your fixing phone-in jingle out of my head. Here's to the next 40. Well, strangely enough, I've, I'm going to talk to Lee John today from Imagination. And we use one of Imagination's hits for Michael Van Stratton's programme. Body talk, body talk. We use that for, for the programme for years. Here's to the next 40, he says. Oh, easy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've done 40, all right. We can do more, I should imagine. Well, I hope so, anyway. Uh, I've been listening since day one, says Rogan, in Broadstairs. Do you remember Dennis Rickard, who sadly passed away a few years ago, presented the nighttime show for a while? Yes. And says, uh, in fact, I still have recordings of the first day's broadcast on tape. Grief. A bit better than me, actually. A little bit better than me. Uh, one here from, uh, from Gary. He says, I've been racking my brain trying to remember how long I've been listening to LBC. I've certainly been listening, pardon me, in excess of 35 years. Although it would have been longer as I remember getting a small transistor pocket radio with a little earpiece for Christmas and listening on medium wave. He says, I did get one of your DVDs in a jiffy bag after phoning into your late show. This was just before Clive Bull moved to the eight o'clock slot. And I remember going to see Jeremy Beadle. And Tommy Boyd at the Ideal Home Exhibition whilst wearing my homemade Beetlebum T-shirt. Yes, I did more Ideal Home Exhibitions than I could shake a stick at. That's where I used to quite enjoy doing them. You just got free T-shirt every time. So I can remember going down there and they would all, we would always be sponsored by either um, a, a double glazing company or a conservatory company. So we'd be sitting in a conservatory broadcasting and people would come and peer up against the window looking at you while you were doing the programme. Was never as exciting looking at it. Uh, Maria says, love your show. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and a happy birthday, LBC. We once bid for two Teletubbies on Christmas Eve. Paid £1,000 for the two and got a live evening interview on air with Douglas Cameron, says Chris and Anne in Cyprus. So, very good morning to you out there. The weather for today. Mist. Clearing, bright spells, mostly dry and warm again. Currently, it's 15 degrees. It'll climb to 19 tonight. Cloudy overnight, the odd isolated shower. Oh, no, not isolated showers tonight. I'll have to take my little umbrella in my pocket. And then tomorrow, isolated showers and sunny spells. No, I don't want any isolated showers. Oh, glad I've got my little umbrella. That'll be the, uh, that'll be the thing to take everywhere. I've got to remember to bring all these stuff in for tomorrow. Because if I'm coming to here from the party, and we need my tablets... I'm going to need my insulin, which actually is no, no great hardship, and, and all the other bits and pieces. Another shirt to wear. It's quite confusing. It's, honestly, it's, it's just going to take forever, actually. Jenny says, I'm just getting ready for work at Heathrow. It's my 51st birthday today. Go to see Wicked this evening. After my husband heard you say how good it was. Can't wait. You'll love it. You'll love it. It really is good. Jackie in Blackfriars says, I'm now 52 and I've been a fan of LBC since my teen. Many more years to come. So everybody have a, have a, a great evening and this one here says Shh, chocolate shortage don't tell anybody it's all around my house <laughs> stockpiling chocolate that's what they've, they've said i mean i can't believe that, that there's going to be a, a shortage of chocolate uh, this year and sophie says you're quite right it was mike dickin who said my health is not in question i wish i had some of his shows on tape he had me crying with laughter he was a very good presenter he was very very good vivian chelmsford 
has been listening uh, and says, I, I have your last show on tape. You were talking to Pete Murray. Been listening since then. Now retired, but can't start my day without you. Have a lovely party later. Love and thanks to all at LBC. Sarah in Tunbridge. Been listening since 1980. And says, love you, Steve. You helped me through some otherwise difficult nights. So many memories, particularly coverage of Princess Diana's death and 9-11. Exceptional. And um, somebody says, you make me smile. Whatever happened to Robbie Vinson? Well, I wish I could answer that question. I've got no idea. No idea. And uh, this one here, uh, it's from uh, Great Proud to have played my part along the way. Is that is that who it's from? No, who's that? I don't know who that one's from, actually, there. It doesn't, doesn't help me, I'm afraid, because <laughs> it's been sent to uh, to a number of people. Uh, another one here, which says, been listening to you for five years. Our TV went on, went on the blink. Thanks. And uh, North Circular, still down to one lane, westbound, under the bridge by Bounds Green Road. Uh, delays are building. George, who's a fitness coach, says, I remember listening when you were on Medium Wave. Trish says, I used to listen to Brian Hayes, who was very exciting. Uh, then more recently, Clive Bull, when he had Igor ringing in with jingles. Thank you. And uh, Joyce in Leighton says, I've been listening five years since I lost my dear husband. You've helped me through the sad times. So there you go. And uh, <laughs> happy birthday to LBC, says Ricky. This is a, a gem show going down memory lane. Gosh, you should write a book. Enjoy the parties and don't forget to keep a ju- few jelly babies in your pocket. I'm absolutely going to be keeping jelly babies in the pocket. I mean, tomorrow's programme could be, and, uh, and as a fully-fledged diabetic, card-carrying member, etc., I could be off the scale tomorrow, but it might just keep me going. Uh, I remember being 14 when I first wrote to you, says Kevin, and became a seasoned Allen fan, and uh, the Steve Allen badges... Yes, we had Steve Allen badges. I'm one of Steve Allen's little texticles uh, with a picture of the text on there. Steve Allen. And we had all designed, beautifully done. And we, we got rid of thousands. So somewhere out there, there are Steve Allen badges. Uh, I have none. Absolutely none, I'm afraid. Absolutely none. Which is, uh, which is a great, great shame. Great shame. I, sh- I should have kept half of them. We had so many of them. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Steve says, uh, uh, you must have started your career at a very young age. I remember the girl in the phone box incident. I was 15, now I'm 54. So you are. Keep up the fantastic work, young man. (laughs) And um, mentioned by at Steve Campen, at Paul Easton, at Steve Allen Show. Robbie Vincent is alive and well and on. Well, I'm not mentioning that. <laughs> Definitely not. Thank you, thank you, David Purley, and to uh, everybody else. It's amazing, isn't it? Really? What about Lee Stevens, Showbiz News? Yes, I, mean, I don't think Lee's very well at the moment either. He's still with us, though. Still with us. Uh, Sean says, I'm writing this text from Gough Square on delivery. I've been listening since 2011 after an accidental switch from one of your sister stations. I only listen to your show, and if I'm not mistaken, Nick Abbott covered you for a week at some point. Well, that I can't... What, on... Uh, what, recently? If you've only been listening since 2011. Did Nick Abbott cover me on this programme? That I wouldn't know, I'm afraid. Um, uh, James in Edgware, first listened to LBC April 98. The first time I heard you was on your old What's Happening show with live cooking. Yes, a lot of people telling me how old I am. It's outrageous. I don't know where you get these things from. Ian Highland, writing in the papers today, is talking about... Um, he says, you may have heard talk of how much Peter Andre loves his kids. Now, thanks to ITV2's handily placed camera crew at last night's My Life, we know he loves other kids too. 
Well, who else would be prepared to selflessly splash out a whopping 5,000 Tanzanian shillings to buy a bunch of local kids an ice cream during a charity bike ride? What's that? 5,000 Tanzanian shillings is only worth about two quid, you say? Such cynicism. You lot should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, Also, uh, a proud moment on uh, this morning. Chaos, tears and two presenters with booze fumes. My favourite memory, though, was Richard Maidley's anecdote about the old days in the dock. There was no security. People just used to walk through with their shopping. (laughs) And then Ian Hyland's written rather cruelly, if only Tesco had been so laxo, Richard. So cruel. So cruel. Ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to be company. LBC celebrates 40 years today. It's going to be the birthday that keeps on giving, isn't it? And uh, no, Monty Modlin is not around anymore. Monty Modlin used to do a phone-in on LBC uh, where he used to sing a song. Pardon my cheek, but the way that I speak. And it was a, it was a real old Cockney thing. But uh, he had a, a very popular phone-in. But I remember when Barbara Windsor came on once and people phoned up to talk to her. And every call we had to push the button. Because what you're hearing has already occurred on the radio. We're now in what they call delay. So we're held back for a few seconds. And the interesting thing was, Monty, it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Sorry, I was just smiling to myself here. Somebody says, if you remember Mr Pastry, Steve, you're definitely not 39. I wish people had stopped sort of upsetting me with this age thing. It's too depressing for words. Six minutes past six as LBC celebrates. 40 years of uh, a very, very happy broadcasting. Very happy broadcasting. I don't think there's ever been one day that is the same. They're all different. Every single day is different from when I joined in 79... Everything, you know, everything, but everything has been different every day. I don't think there's ever been a day where I've thought, I don't want to go into work today because every day is different. You never know what's going to happen. I certainly don't know what's going to be happening. I've been listening for 17 years. It's changed my life, Steve. Especially your show. Thank you very much indeed. Happy birthday, LBC. So many memories. And uh, and, uh, Kevin says, I think that part of LBC's success these days is having a winning lineup in uh, you... Uh, Nick, James O'Brien and Julia, and uh, not changing people around every five minutes. Well, the difference is, this is speech radio. And so people have to, have to, have to get to know you through speech. Luckily, they've got to know me almost too well, I think. Uh, one here from the... Uh, this is the uh, ACLT charity. That's the African Caribbean Leukaemia Trust charity. And, uh, and they've got a donor drive on the 26th of October. So best wishes. Uh, so, so a hearty... Uh, to score on air. You only look 40. <coughs> and Albert says, and you haven't got any hair. Well, I don't think hair's got anything to do with it. You don't need to be a broadcaster. Uh, Lorraine is in Bury St Edmunds. And um, on the website, it's got lots of old presenters' pictures. But it doesn't say who the names of the presenters are. Yes, it does. It's on the right-hand side. On the right-hand side. So if you look to the right, you'll see the picture. You can There's about 40 of them, I think, being LBC 40. I only tweaked to that a minute ago, to be honest with you. And on the right-hand side, it'll tell you who the presenter is. I think the one in the chair is Adrian Love. Pretty soon. There used to be a famous one of Adrian Love and his uh, producer and the phone-op. So it was a, a producer of Butch Bav, Knuckles, the phone-op, and Adrian in phone boxes, I think taken at Waterloo Station. It was quite an inspired photo, actually. I was quite jealous that theirs was 
I don't have anything like that at all. We just had to have ours taken in the studio with headphones on, indicating we were presenters, which was quite funny. Uh, Phil is in Beckenham. He says, I remember the night on Monty Modlin's show when the delay didn't work. Wish I could quote. It was hilarious. Uh, yes. <laughs> LBC says uh, is companionship for people who live alone. Not because he's no longer with us, but Mike Dickin, one of my all-time favourite presenters. Yes, I, I would have to say he was a very, very good presenter. He had his moments. He, I mean, I got on really well with Mike because we, we worked together for so many years. And uh, he, was always, he was always very nice to me. I think because I was always the youngest. It's amazing the way it's turned out, isn't it, really? Uh, great that LBC is on 97.3. Not a strong signal up here in the northwest Kent, but if I prop the radio up at an angle and uh, Steve Allen's early morning laughing said a die for, but not yet. Happy 40th. Not you, Steve. LBC, the world's best capital talk show. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 84850. In fact, uh, Glenn in Collier Rose having the day off so he can listen to LBC all day. It's great. It's great, actually. And so lots of other people. Thank you very much indeed for all those people saying, you know, now we know how old you are. Uh, Jill says, so glad you're there in the mornings. Must have been very different without email and text. When were they introduced into programmes? I wish I could remember. When I first started, we didn't have computers, there was no text, it was all typewriters. Sue Jameson will tell you that you did, um, you typed everything up, and the paper we typed it on had three copies, yellow at the top, pink in the middle, and blue at the back. The yellow top copy would go to the presenter, so you'd give them a stack of their their cues, as they were called, with opt-out points and timings and everything. It was all all done, all on tape, remember. Uh, The middle copy would go for the producer... Sorry, the engineer, and the other copy would go for the producer. And so there were three copies. They'd be typed up. I can't even remember when they brought computers in. I can't remember that at all. I can't even remember when mobile phones first came out. Well, I can remember having one, but I can't remember the year at all. Nice lady was Babs of Bermondsey. Somebody else saying, so glad you're there every morning. Yes, I'm quite glad I'm here every morning as well. Oh, blimey, loads more here to get through. Uh, Julietta says, I think I found... LBC late one night in about 79, starting off with Jeremy Beadle, Monty Modlin, Clive Bull, and then one night you popped up. Loved hearing about all the old presenters and programmes that were on back then. Geet Marler with Suresh Joshi. Uh, Rice and Peas with Sid Burke. I remember I bumped into Sid Burke in Richmond a few years ago. Sadly, he's, he's not with us anymore. Therese Birch, who I saw only a short while ago at a, at a wedding. Tommy Boyd, haven't seen for years. Uh, I visited Communications House, which was in Gough Square, and went to one of the parties at the Strand Palace. I still have a handleless LBC mug and worn out and two small T-shirts somewhere. These days, I mainly listen to you. You kept me company while I get ready for and travel to work. Still listening today, although I have the day off, as it's my birthday too. Guess I'm about 33 in Steve Allen years. Probably to your dismay. I loved Campo Campo Gino, short-lived Saturday afternoon show. And I'm going to have lunch in Hounslow with me mum, my brother Nino and friend Graham. So, uh, thank you, Julietta. Oh, I still remember. I have very vivid memories of... Of all the people, all the listeners who used to come into LBC and all the people I've seen at the shows, you know, really just a lot of people over the years, a lot of very, very loyal listeners to LBC. And uh, Steve says, I can honestly say that I've listened since day one, some incredible memories of some great broadcasters and some amazing moments in history. So glad you're still leading the way. Yes, I'm, I'm fairly glad myself, actually. And Uncle Rob says, happy 40th. Oh, Uncle Rob and I go back many, many, many years uh, when he was with LBC. He still listens now. Still, we still have breakfast. Uh, we used to do the shows, all the live shows. God, I tell you, we had some fun. 
and some disasters. <laughs> but uh, it was it was mainly fun, mainly fun. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. And uh, Mark in Reading, never forget that sad night when we lost you, when the FM AM was swapped by the new owners. Yes, I've, I've lost track of how many buildings I've been in. Wait a minute, we've got that one. Then we, we started in Gough Square. We went to Hammersmith. From Hammersmith we went to... Where did we go to from there? Was that... Uh, that was Shepherd's Bush. And then Shepherd's Bush... Middle of London. This, to be honest with you, this, is, this has to be the best place. You know, at London, the very first commercial radio station on air should be in the middle of London. Which it is. Which is nice. And uh, 84850... I've only been listening to you since Sarah Kennedy walked out of the BBC. She was on the same time as you. Oh, right. <laughs> Her loss, my gain, I suppose. I should be grateful, I think. And um, another one here. Dennis Rickard. And, uh, yes, apparently Janet Street Porter worked on LBC at one point. See, I can't remember that. Well, Markle, I can't ever remember that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, another old-time listener. I was briefly one of your assistants back in the Frank Boff days when I was training as a radio journalist, says Assad. Can you remember the name of the two lunchtime news bods? I have their faces but forgot their names. He says, if ever you need a programme assistant, I'm still here. It's nice to be hanging on that long, isn't it, really, I suppose. No, sadly, I've got a producer at the moment. Well, I say sadly, you know, it's... He's sort of slightly remedial, slightly, slightly sort of, yes, sort of special needs, I think. Oh, just special person, right, OK. I have, I'm lucky, actually. I have two producers. I have one for this programme, and I have one for In Conversation. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Uh, I've been an avid listener, says Kate. Uh, I'm an insomniac, an insomniac. I moved to Wales from London seven years ago, and I have LBC on most of the time. Says, uh, you've always made me laugh. Um, do you remember the wonderful piece when you were testing instant coffee? Yes. We made Alan Dodgen suffer on this programme, I'm afraid, for our art. We made him... You know all the coffee they've been talking about recently, that Harrods now don't sell the civet coffee? We tested that years ago on LBC. Alan bought it in and said, this is civet coffee, and it's made of... They feed the civets these nuts or something, and then they go toilet, and then they... And we, we had it... I didn't drink it, I made him drink it. He quite liked it, in a peculiar sort of way. But we did make him eat scorpions in chocolate and stuff like that. Which I thought was quite funny, actually. Uh, the time now, 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 6.20 is the time at Steve Allen's early breakfast as LBC celebrates 40 years and it don't seem a day too long. I have to tell you, 40 years, there's going to be uh, a lot of tears tonight. Or conjunctivitis. Uh, Eddie says, you brighten up weekday mornings for me. I just found out, talking to one of the mums at Schoolgate, she also listens to you. And we had a right good laugh. Her name's Esther. She has a birthday. Uh, I've been listening to LBC Says Jim since the mid-70s. The most dramatic live broadcast, the Balkham Street Siege. Really? Good grief. I met you to a carol concert, says Gary, in Covent Garden. And uh, I've been uh, hooked on LBC. You came, I came back to the studio to watch the show go out live. Do you know, I remember that carol concert in Covent Garden because that was a particularly good one. Was that that we had a couple, didn't we, where we had the band of the RAF. And uh, that, was, that was particularly good. That was a particularly good one, actually. I remember that very well indeed. Uh, Darren Henley says, uh, UK Commercial Radio is 40 years old. Happy 40th birthday to our friends along the corridor. Mm. There you go. It's nice, isn't it? And um, what did LBC originally stand for? 
it stood for London Broadcasting Company. It doesn't stand for anything now. It's just LBC. It's just uh, three three letters. But that's what it uh, did stand for ages ago. Uh, Steve, do you remember broadcasting the Notting Hill Carnival? Yes. Well, not really. Uh, Alison Bell. Yes, I remember Alison Bell very well. And uh, and one here from uh, from David. He says, I've only been listening a few years. I'm totally addicted. Totally addicted. He says, I think I'll be a fan for the rest of my life. Well, it depends how long you're planning on living, doesn't it, really, I suppose. Um, and uh, Christine says, I have listened to you since you started and phoned in and have spoken to you. I won tickets for a Paul McCartney concert. You make me laugh when you talk about your age, as I worked it out years ago, and I'm three days younger than you. What is going on with people of my age? I can't believe it. And uh, Viv and Charlie says, you've kept us strong through some, some rotten times. And I've listened since 1980, says Jeremy. In Gants Hill, I was there at the Limelight Club when you had the final edition of The Night Is Young. I was in the gallery with a brush. God, the Limelight Club. I remember that programme there. I remember that programme from there. We used to take the programme out every so often. Not that often, because we, but sometimes I'd do it from a, a restaurant and they'd plug in a landline. So, in other words, all you needed to do was just stick some microphones on a, on a table and it worked, worked an absolute treat. Uh, Gordon says, Caroline and I have done 30 of the 40. Robbie Vincent used to have a spot overnight where he put people in touch with friends overseas. At the time, it, it seemed so fresh and innovative. Oh, how communication has shrunk the world. He's in Charlwood now, formerly of Betchworth, as you know. Yes, yes, it's, I mean, to do 30 of the 40 years is quite some achievement. I don't think any other radio station like LBC has had such loyalty where people have literally been listening since the, since the beginning. Uh, Anita says, happy birthday. I've got to try and get through as many of these as possible. And uh, I have a black bag, says Jimmy. You gave me many years ago, the black one with LBC on in gold letters. God. Jimmy Fagan, honestly, you old tart. Fancy you... Really, I I remember vaguely the LBC bags. I can't remember... I can't remember all of them. can't remember all of them. Black with with gold writing. Actually, you you must be right, because I can't remember half these things, as you know. Uh, 84850... (laughs) Paul in Manchesterford says, I couldn't help but laugh at Ian Highland's comment about Peter Andrex and buying the kids' ice cream. They should be grateful. At least, thank God he didn't sing to them. By the way, says, lots of uh, interesting LBC facts and figures and audio on radio today, this week. Thank you. There's loads of stuff all over the LBC website. There really is. Uh, Helen has been listening. Says, uh, I was very excited that commercial radio had finally arrived in England. And, oh, sorry, my phone just vibrated in my pocket. Right, the life out of me, I'm afraid. And, um... It's all right. I just have to keep checking. All these people sort of saying, happy birthday, LBC. And I keep thinking, who are all these people? Oh, Jonathan Levi has said, uh, happy birthday, LBC. Thank you for all your wonderful programmes. Thank you, Jonathan. Just for being you. Uh, I have a fond memories of Bob Beckman. Yes, Bob Beckman used to do financial advice, if memory serves me. But I think, didn't he at one point put his property in the name of his dog? There was a story about Bob Beckman and a dog. That's all I can remember. Anyway... Uh, Helen in Dulwich says LBC's been my constant companion for 40 years, which is, uh, which is great. Uh, Arthur says, I've just heard Jon Snow extolling the greatness of radio and LBC on the news. Do you think he wants a job back? Well, he's on this morning with Nick Ferrari just after the news at 7 and a special newsreader at 8 o'clock this morning. Special newsreader, that's all I'll say. Uh, my friends and I loved Bryn Jones, one of the first night presenters. Uh, it was Bryn Williams, wasn't it? Is it Bryn Williams? Not Bryn Jones. Uh, about eight in the evening, when he went off to write a book. 
And uh, we've enjoyed it, says Julia in Cuffley, for all these years. Thank you to, uh, to all of you. Happy birthday from Switzerland, says Paul. I started listening after a lovely BA cabin crew member called Sue Johnson, who I met on a flight to Zurich, recommended the show. So anyway, whenever I'm travelling, I listen to LBC. Do you know, I could sit here all day. Quite well, I don't want to bore you too much, I'm afraid. I could sit here all day. Uh, Brian Woodlake and Martin Young. And uh, that's from Adam Reed. He says, I was the studio producer. Yes, we remember Adam Reed very well indeed. He said, see you all tonight. And uh, I, I learn something new every day, says Naj from LBC. Jeff Gibbs was on door, says Linda and Cromer. Yes. And um, is that you on YouTube, live at the Fairfield Hall's Christmas show 2007? Possibly, I should imagine. And uh, ironically, didn't Capital Radio commence a week after LBC start? Yes, John. In Harrow on the Hill, it certainly did. It certainly did. And uh, my earliest memories, James nearly died on air choking on something. Radio tennis and uh, to all of that uh, sort of stuff. And you brighten up my weekday mornings. Thank you very much indeed for that one. Sadly, I've got no more time. But I have to tell you that uh, it continues. I was going to say the fun continues on LBC throughout the day because we've got uh, our celebrations. Don't forget, that special programme this evening is Clive Bull at 9 o'clock, doing LBC at 40, and there'll be some great interviews on there, uh, plus there'll be various memories. You're going to get a lot with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. John Snow will be uh, on with his memories of those early days, and I'm sure that you've got them as well. Thank you for all your texts and emails this morning. I mean, it's been quite... Uh, Quite something, it really has, quite something. Do you know, we, we didn't even get a chance to look at the papers, so quickly, in the last minute and a half, I'll tell you the front pages. The Daily Mirror this morning, the winter of blackouts, Britain facing the worst power cuts for six years. The other story which the Mirror were running with yesterday, they, uh, arrests were imminent in the Madeleine McCann case, which they're not. The police have, uh, have said that they're definitely not. You know, they're on the right tracks, but it's too early to stay, say. Uh, rising stars, the women who quit TV for politics. This is Labour's Gloria Piero and uh, Tory Esther McVeigh, who I know very well indeed, because I've worked with Esther for the best part of a year. That's front of the Daily Mail this morning. Diana's secret baby, front of the Daily Star. And uh, former EastEnders star Larry Lamb, now an LBC presenter, has said there is a sweatshop culture at the BBC. He says some actors were close to cracking because of the huge workload and long hours. Metro, who stole my pants... This is somebody from One Direction. And Prince William having his hands full as he trains in the ground of Buckingham Palace. The sun this morning caught with, oh, we found Liam's pants from One Direction. So that's good news. And uh, Paralympic hero David Weir has had to drag himself upstairs by his arms to the toilet because housing chiefs won't give him a home with a downstairs loo. Daily Express this morning, Madeleine McCann and the parents given new hope. It's not, uh, you know, it's not as great as you think it is just yet. Help to buy mortgages on offer to thousands, millions to profit from the Royal Mail share sale. And Prince William, <coughs> excuse me, on the front of the Times this morning, clutching two balls. Anyway, have yourself a great day. Keep it tuned to LBC 97.3. I don't need to remind you of that. You will anyway. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. So many interviews to do this week. So many celebrities dropping in for the in-conversation. I can't wait to tell you more about them. Have a great day. Nick and the team with you and a special guest at 8. That's after 7. Next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.